Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 90 of Cutscene Combos. We have got an absolutely fact episode this week. We'll be talking about Carnage. We'll be talking about the Gen V finale. We'll be talking about the penultimate episode of Loki. We'll be talking about Invincible coming back into our lives. We've got a crazy nerd news network now that the strikes are over. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've got our content championship, which is Netflix's Punisher versus the MCU's Winter Soldier. But for that good stuff, Horizontal, how has your week been? <laughs> oh, what a week. Um, I haven't really got much. I don't feel like I've got anything done this week because, fortunately, my grandma where has gone downhill a bit and has ended up in hospital ill. So there's been a lot of running around, sorting out her, looking at my, my mum, dealing with her and having to help out with different things. So yeah, kind of been a weird up and down week. Um, she seems to be doing better though now, which is good. That is what we love to hear. Uh, especially for a 91-year-old. She's doing, oh. doing well, so... <laughs> They don't go down easy once they've got to no. 91. They, they, She's, uh... Yeah, she ain't giving up. So, yeah, bit of an up and down week, kind of thrown with things. Um, but have got work stuff on the horizon, which is good. Good news, good way to end the end of the year, getting some new projects coming along, which should hopefully keep me busy uh, and have awesome. some money coming in which ready for buying christmas presents <laughs> what you get me for christmas sorry um i well i i think the viewers should get us a sub button a join member button yeah they absolutely should and that is very very achievable by the end of the mm. year uh, i'll uh, get you a one-on-one -on -one sit down with kevin Feige. that's a, that's a that's a that's a big claim <laughs> I'm not claiming it's the real Kevin. <laughs> you, should go, you should go find a guy called Kevin Fike. Just go on Cameo and get like some lookalike. Look yeah. yeah. There will be one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, bit of a weird week. Highs and yeah. lows. Uh, how's your week been? It's <laughs> a really good question. How has my week been? It has been one of the longest, most draining weeks ever. Oh, but. Shit it feels like it's gone by very quickly at the same time. Mm. One of them weeks where I got into work this morning, I was like, how is it not Friday yet? And I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, holy shit, it's Thursday already. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, I lost all track of days this week. Yeah, it, it, it was a weird one this week. Um, but overall, I'm doing well. Got some got some bits to sort vis-a-vis -vis the house. Um, all of my family are going on various holidays, not this weekend, next weekend. So it'll just be me and Jenna at home looking after the dog. So we both booked a bit of time off to spend together, which okay. um, should be quite nice. Um, but other than that, we are we are all chilling. Um, should we get into it? I think we should. We've got a busy week. We do. We do. Um, this week is the third of our four Spider-Man 2 character profiles. Mm. Um, this week is on Carnage. Um, so let's get right into it. <clears throat> Carnage first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 345 in January of 1991. 
Carnage is the offspring of the Venom symbiote. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was created while rescuing Eddie Brock from prison. The symbiote left behind an offspring in Eddie's cell, which he shared with sociopathic serial killer Cletus Cassidy, whom the offspring symbiote bound with via a wound in his hand. Um, once they bonded together, they dubbed themselves Carnage, and they became a very deadly and recurring enemy for both Spider-Man and Venom, as well as a larger threat to the entire Marvel Universe. Mm. Once he had escaped prison with the assistance of his new powers, Cassidy went on a huge killing spree with his newfound powers, taking off or picking up where he left off, rather. Um, Leaving the message, Carnage Rules painted on all of the walls in blood. Um, after months of chasing and hunting him, he finally was found by Spider-Man. But Spider-Man lost and was beaten very badly. But during this encounter, he discovered that Carnage was also a symbiote and enlisted the help of Venom to try and stop his murderous offspring. Okay. Um, after many more years and many encounters in different ways, um, Carnage was presumed dead. The symbiote had been split from Cletus and was presumed dead. However, it would later turn out that because the way the symbiote bonded with his blood and not just his body, his physiology had been changed to the point where he could recreate the symbiote from his own blood if the conditions were correct. Allowing him to regrow Carnage because Carnage was one with him. The apparent destruction and rebirth from Cletus' DNA and or blood is quite a common theme with Carnage. Mm. A lot of the time he um, is presumed dead only for a little bit of magic, a little bit of science or something to be able to extract Mm -hmm. it from Cletus. Um. Carnage is quite different to Venom, however. Where Venom is seen as quite dominant and controlling of the host he inhabits, Carnage is more submissive and loyal um, towards its host. Granted, this is seen mostly with Cassidy, mm. um, and it doesn't mean that they are perfectly one and the same, as we discussed mm-hmm. with Anti-Venom being mindless. Mm. Uh, Cassidy and Carnage have been known to disagree in the rare circumstances where they don't agree on how to proceed they are they will butt heads very rarely mm. but as a general rule they're essentially in a weird kind of love affair with each other in which their twisted minds are so in awe of one another they kind yeah. of are very happy um and they get as she sounds horrific separation anxiety from one another and they both kind of go a little bit even more insane and dangerous when they are forced to separate from one another um, as it leaves them desperate to find each other again Um, Carnage is I would probably say just as famous as Venom at this point I feel like in the mid 90s Venom kind of got changed slightly from an out and out villain 
to an anti-hero um, yeah. because they realized Venom's entire thing was just he hates Spider-Man and that kind of runs out of storytelling ability after a while. Yeah. And in making him more three-dimensional, they realized he worked better as an anti-hero. So they gave us Carnage and they were like, okay, Carnage is a bad symbiote anyway that just wants to murder everything. Mm -hmm. And his host is going to be psycho serial killer and they're going to become one and the same. And they're just, and at that point, we've established Cletus Cassidy is a psycho serial killer before he's got the powers. Yep. You don't need to explain more than that. He's just this guy who's now got, who was already scary and dangerous, who yeah. now has the ability to do a lot more scary stuff. Um, yep. Carnage is, has been used for a lot of big events over the years. Um, and in fact, they've just finished one um, oh. where Miles had to fight him alongside a kind of supervillain task force because um, Carnage had been able to morph into a technological... Oh. Technical difficulties. We lost Connor. Well, if you're watching this... As the full episode, you'll probably see this, but it's my game. Oh, he's back. We good? Yep. It lost you when you said he Carnage had become something. Oh, he'd become a a technologically abled symbiote mm, okay. that had found a way to take over some of Iron Man's old armors. Oh, so like a weird symbiote yeah. Ultron. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. And he was like using them armors to like kidnap people and turn them into his little psycho minion people. Um, and that oh. is Carnage. He's he's probably one of my favorite villains because I feel like he can be used while he works obviously extremely well as a Spider-Man villain because mm. of his psychotic and murderous nature. He can work as a villain for almost anyone, um, which yeah. means he gets a lot of use in a lot of good places. Now. Gen V finale. Yes. My God in Himmel. You got what you wanted, Hori. I did. You you said in like the second episode what happens when she's left in a massive field full of blood and she's just got yeah. like all of this opportunity. She doesn't need to cut herself. She's got all this ammunition essentially. Uh-huh. And yeah, I got what I, I got what I thought would happen if she was just like dropped in a war zone. And we got probably one of the cooler scenes of all the fighting when she just fucking creates a flurry of blood daggers yeah, and just launches them at the guy. Yeah. So um, we ended Gen V last week yes. with Kate forcing the Dean to kill herself yeah. while everyone else stood by helplessly because Kate either stopped them from being able to help or they just physically couldn't help. Yeah. Um, and we, we picked straight up from that. It was just everyone still kind of looking disbelief at like, yeah. okay, what the fuck do we do now? Um, it starts with what I thought was a really cool scene of like, everyone, obviously they've just seen someone like die. Mm. It's been a stressful as fuck week for everyone. So their mm. minds are racing at a million miles an hour. And I like the way we kind of fade into the scene with Kate, like Hearing being everyone. overwhelmed by yeah. everyone's thoughts. Um, and like it's one of them things where like we've liked Kate for a lot of this series, 
And I think we've given her probably more chances than she deserves because we're like, there's definitely a bit of good in there. But yeah. even them few scenes where like you see her powers at full display of like how much she gets bombarded, that's enough to drive anyone crazy. Yeah. But like I feel like we ended last week where we we're like, we can kind of understand how Kate got to this point. Yeah. And she's not necessarily like we were with the finish not necessarily a bad person she like, everyone's got blood on the hands she was like abused as a child yeah and then uh, this abuse continued at the hands yeah, of the dean and stuff manipulated yeah. but i do feel in this episode she crossed yes past and into sort of homelander territory <laughs> she she went from i'm gonna kill this person in like a um it's the, it's, the, it's like the battered wives defense isn't it when like a wife who's been abused by their husband mm. for so long finally snaps and kills them yeah um if she would have just stopped at the dean we'd have been like yes killing people obviously isn't okay but we get it she was a bad person yeah who manipulated and abused you for years of years. yeah um but then very quickly she's like right let's go free everyone from the woods and kill all of the humans. Yeah, everyone, anyone that is human that works at the university is evil. Yeah. And it's like, well, hang on a second. <laughs> then you've got everyone being very close, being very careful not to get touched by Kate going, well, let's just talk about this for a second. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, after the seeds that were sown last episode of Sam yes. getting kind of swept up by a posts uh, a pro suits rally mm-hmm. um he was in the perfect headspace having just seen someone he knows is bad yeah killed by someone he's been told is good saying yeah. right let's go kill the other bad people he's he's kind i can see his logic in initially siding with her yes um at which point jordan tries mm. to stop them from leaving yeah and this might be one of the parts where i was really like oh kate is beyond help where kate goes you might be able to stop me jordan but do you think you can stop sam mm. it's that like in my, in my head i'm like jordan's no just don't do it like, we know sam can rip people in half not a care easily. in the world um they were taking his blood and putting it in Golden Boy to try and strengthen him. So we know he's like strong as fuck. And it's like, it's not worth the fight. Don't please don't. And and you get Marie's like the, the little shake of the head, like, no, don't do it. Like it's not worth no. it. Yeah. Um, Run it back. <laughs> yeah. So they let them go. It is like it's weird, because obviously, like you say, Sam the seeds were sown last week. And it's kind of like he's watched this person that he wasn't trusting of. Because of what she did to hit to Sam to Golden Boy to make him forget about Sam, to then she's just killed the person that was doing harm to him, and he's like, "Okay, maybe you are." Like seeing that to him is like, "Well, okay, you must be good because you've just got rid of the person that did all the hurt to me, yeah, like pain to me." Sure, I'm going to side with you. I want to get, I want to free the other people. To him, he's like, "Yeah, I want to free the people that are in the woods. We deserve to be free." And I feel like that's as far as Sam's kind of thinking had gone. What I think because of the nature of Sam's life and the way he's mm. been treated and also his psychological state, I think he's very much kind of, he sees everything as black or white. Mm. 
and doesn't allow and like there's no room for them shades of grey. And then yeah. the shade of grey is introduced is when he starts to have a bit of a breakdown and he gets hallucinations because it's all too much for him and he can't really I mean he's been in facilities like this for most of his life. Yeah. His brain trying to logically assess the pros mm-hmm. and cons of stuff on the fly isn't something he's built to do. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. He's very much just a case of, I was in the woods. I didn't deserve to be in the woods. No one else deserves to be in the woods. Mm-hmm. They they were hurting us and beating us and all of us. So I'm going to go free them. Not really realizing what they might do to innocent people. Yeah. Uh, it- then we obviously get the three of the 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 others that then all have kind of like their own ideas of what they should do to stop them. Yeah, we need to get there. We can't we can't let Vault know what's going on because they're just going to come in and cover it all up. Yeah, we can't let it go past that because then it will just be used to hurt more soups. Yeah, so we need to try and find a way ourselves to get everyone out safely and stop this from going wrong. But then you've got Jonah's like, well, we'll just call campus security and warn them. And then Emma's like, well, no, because then Sam gets, just because Sam's gone with Kate doesn't mean Sam's, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And then you've got Marie's like, well, we've got to do something to kind of slow things down. Then they learn about the panic button, which I said last week that I reckon we'll see some sort of school lockdown, which we got. We did. Later on, but it was only brief. Um. So yeah, they all rush off, and then we go back to Andre, who's in Vought Tower, by the looks yeah. of it, with and his dad. We find out something that's been alluded to a number of times, and mm. I can only assume he's going to end up being a big factor in the larger story. But mm. there's been a number of situations where people's prolonged use of their powers over their entire life has a negative effect on their body. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we see it with Kate throughout this entire series. When she views her powers too much, she gets really bloodshot eyes. She feels weak. She feels faint. Um, And we find out that Polaris has essentially given himself CTE. Yeah, brain damage. He's he's now in danger of seizures, which are obviously incredibly dangerous, as we saw Mm -hmm. last week, because his powers go haywire. And by using his powers to the degree he has over the years, he's broken down his neural networks and stuff which has by the sounds that left him partially paralyzed kind of like a stroke victim based on kind of what the doctor was saying yeah or at least very on the edge of becoming that like probably at the state now where if he continued to use his powers he could end up in like a vegetative state because yeah. he does so much damage and it's, it goes back to kind of like a train with his heart we saw it with that yeah. He was running too far, like his heart just couldn't handle the speed at which he was and that, running. And that was made even worse through his abuse of like the, uh, the temp- V steroids yeah, the, he was yeah. taking. We saw um, obviously um, Butcher using temp V is giving himself a brain tumor. And yeah. that's part and part like it's a experimental drug, but also probably what like it's just an accelerated effect. Yeah. Um. um. And then, obviously, when finding that out, he then finds out that, well, I have the same powers as my dad. Yeah, he asks Andre So the doctor starts asking him, he's like, Andre, are you having lightheadedness? Are you, like, blacking out? Are you struggling with these things? brushes off and then 
has a little bit of a twitch on his lip and when we see later his little finger twitches yeah so it's like he is clearly doing the same yeah i'm willing to bet if we go back through the show we'll spot some of them with some with the attention to detail put in these shows Mm. how do we know um like a number of things that happened like i'm sure if we go back to other times he's used his powers we're going to see afterwards he's got a bit of a twitch or something going Mm -hmm. on because um, probably like say he was twitching there but it also didn't feel out of character or obvious no. other than the fact we were now aware of it which makes me think it's probably th- been happening all season. yeah i think it has and i think we've probably subconsciously just taken it as like a nervous twitch because it's happened in yeah. situations like that and then now we're realizing hang on that's actually probably him messing with especially over the last few weeks that's just gone on he had with the stuff with golden boy then sam like he's used his powers more like it's probably accelerated things a bit in yeah. the last month and when you consider his dad's probably late 40s early 50s mm. um and is now at such a serious stage yeah if he stops using his powers now he'll probably be fine yeah yeah but is he gonna stop using his powers no because they all think they're god's gift to the world yeah um, um so they break out the um students from the forest. Yes. Um, we got the Greg um, and Bob little running yeah, mix up joke. That. Um, uh, Sam so... just absolutely eviscerates his face. Yeah. Sam's killed both of Greg and Bob now. Yes. Well uh, no, um because Bob was killed no, Greg that... was killed by um Emma. Was he? She she climbed into his oh, ear okay. and then she I thought Greg was one of the him. ones that went to kill him. And he saw no, puppets. no, that was the person they assume killed that he killed when he was broken out by Sam. Oh, okay. Uh, well, because she said, "Oh, and now Bob his brains all over the floor," and he's like, "Actually, that's Greg." Oh, okay. Um, but and, even... yeah, Emma had like eaten a little bit of was it his brain or a little bit of food she held on to? I can't remember. Yeah. She like blew his brain out from the insides out. But uh, something to note, this time, he doesn't see puppets, which almost no, makes you realise he's more comfortable with what he's doing. So I, I took this as one of two ways. I think it is partially that, but I also think the other times he's seen puppets as when he's been like the only person in the scene other than the person he's seeing as a puppet. Yeah. So we've we've seen he's seen puppets on like two occasions when he went on that murderous rampage, yeah, and when him and Emma had sex, yeah, and in both of them situations, everyone in the scene other than him is a puppet, yeah, um, and I don't know if that was just a choice that he decided they decided not to do puppets because you have Emma and the other people, uh, not Emma, um, okay. Kate and the other people, or Maybe. if like you say, it's yeah. a decision of like he's more comfortable killing people now and not trying to cower away from it i think i lean more to like is to show those before it's kind of like the puppet thing happens because he doesn't know how to handle the situation essentially whereas now he's starting to learn how to handle himself and feeling more confident about being a soup and is on this like has this ideal now that yeah soups matter and we should be free and we'll do anything for that yeah uh obviously then it all kicks off yeah just absolute carnage on campus. Um, yeah. They just... It was really interesting at first, because you had the first guy who had... Um, I'm not quite sure what his abilities were. We saw him use like a sonic scream, kind of like melting people's skin. 
Um, but he just walks out and he's like, "Are you a soup? Are you a soup?" And yeah. the first person who says, "No, I'm not a soup," fucking beats the shit out of them. Yeah, he's like, them. "Are you a soup?" Well, yeah, it's like Rufus doing a fucking yeah. TikTok dance trend, and then he's like, "Yeah, of course I'm a soup. We're at the soup high school. What are you on about?" And then it's like the first person's like, "I'm a teaching assistant," and it's just like, "Right, melt face," uh, and then everyone obviously typical Gen Z. Uh, fashion, pull the phones on and start recording. E- easy there, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then chaos in shoes. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, um, up in the office. <laughs> yeah. So um, I forget her name now. The new um, Ashley. head of Vought. Ashley, thank you. <laughs> up and she's like, it's chaos. So we need to do what Vought does best and deflect, deflect, deflect. We're picking a new member of the school well, yeah, like, right now. There's a there's a bad name on the school right now. We need to do some press and PR here to to protect things. Meanwhile, unaware that the woods Murder people have just escaped and it's all starting to kick off. And they're like, right, we're gonna go through, we've got thing and we we learn a bit about Andre's stuff. So yes. it's magnetic strength powers. Um he has a limit of twelve tons. Which is a That's wild crazy. amount of strength. But how much does a helicopter weigh? Uh, Average. It won't be. Helicopter. I'm sure it won't be. 12, like private helicopter. So, wait. Um. Surely not anything. I don't. How much is a ton? Is that a thousand pounds? Yeah. Okay, so the average is kind of three and a half to seven thousand pounds. Yeah. I reckon they're um, basing the twelve tons off like what his dad can easily do so they're like well he's probably gets to similar that if he really pushed himself so a medium helicopter would have a max weight of about twelve and a half thousand pounds oh so maybe that sort of what the weight that helicopter that's why he struggled a bit yeah he, he managed to do it just about yeah um kind of makes sense awesome at least it shows a little bit of thought went into it yeah and like I thought it was interesting. You could pause and you could see on his notes because I saw someone like on social Twitter or whatever. It was like, uh, potential, but would need to have someone monitor him 24-7 till we can trust him because he might avoid things. I When he just ditched on that interview he was meant to go to. Yeah. Like, Vought pays attention to everything and they already have that marked down as like, a right, well, we're going to have to control you more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that's just like that's that's in Vought's every decision. They will mm-hmm. take a massive risk on a psychopathic killer, but yeah. they will also make sure they know. Okay, what do we need to focus on? It's great as it sounds. They're doing risk assessments. Like mm. if you've ever worked in like any kind of business, like you'll remember if anyone ever had to get up on a ladder, there was like two people who were like ladder certified, <laughs> and there was risk assessments allowing them to get on a, in ladder. Yeah. And that's what Vault are doing with superhumans. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, um, which is funny and also absurd all at the same time. Uh, and then we, I'm trying to think what came, I think obviously more, I think the lockdown gets kicked in? No, the lockdown doesn't get, t- get kicked in just yet. We see the social media guy. Oh, yeah, the social media guy who's a fucking mole for Vault. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we knew he worked for Vought. I don't think yeah, we quite understood well, how much he knew. Yeah, he he's basically just been planted there. Yeah. 
Um, so he gets attacked by one of the soups, and he's obviously got the stuff like anti soup equipment because we've, we've been told before they're bad for high yeah. hit frequencies. So he builds that the fuck up, then blows their head up, which was brutal. Yeah, he puts a little puck in them out, and yeah. and then uh, Katie appears out of nowhere mm. and goes, "Let's start a live stream." Fucking brutal. She makes him blow his own head up while yep. she's live streaming it on Instagram to the world. Almost and feels like his... a uh, nod to the head popper. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, and then his head just, you know, splatters on Ashley's window mm. as they're trying to work out, as, as they've just been told on the phone what's going on. Yeah. Um, at which point Ashley's like, okay, start calling anyone who might be able to get, who might be good enough for the seven. Whoever kills all these fucking psychos gets in. Yeah. Whoever kills which them. Which is such a vault response. Yeah. Whoever kills them goes straight into the seven. That's how you get you in. And, and also they... call Homelander in case they can't handle this. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, that's when she calls, Ashley calls Marie and's like, oh, vault CEO is like, oh, we're considering you for the seven. You just got to do, and then all you've got to do is kill all of these psychos. Yeah, <laughs> and Marie's like, just get rid of them. Like, what the fuck? And then, she, but then she slips in that we'll get a meet. You'll get a meeting with your sister, and it's like, oh, how much am I willing to actually like? Would I be, bend the knee here? Exactly. That consideration. Um, at which point, I think we then, not long after that, we get the alarm system put in place. Yes, it's either that Marie or is it the Emma bit on the way to the office. Yeah, I can't remember if the bit with Emma and Sam happens before that. So I think the phone call happens, then the bit with Emma and Sam, and then it's the lockdown. Right. Yeah. 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 I forget. So now, Emma but... goes. To, Emma finds Sam about to kill the um the director guy, the director dude, and she's like Sam, and he drops it like a bad dog, which is yeah. comedy. But um, then, such my heart for Emma. Like, so brutal of Sam. Yeah, she's genuinely just trying to be helpful and nice and explain that he doesn't actually want to do this, which we know he doesn't based on his hallucinations. Yeah, yeah seeing Golden um, Boy and stuff. But he's just, he's yeah, he's just so... he's he's He needs a lot of therapy. Yes. He needs so much therapy. Um, and he just wasn't going to get it in time for all of these murders because no. Vought were more interested in using him to make other heroes stronger. Yeah, it's just um, unfortunately one of those situations where Emma's try like knows what's best for him, and kind of deep down he's sort of can know that, but he's like too strongly conflicted the other way. Yeah, I think the big um, internal fight for sam is he does genuinely believe emma wants what's best for him mm. but he's also probably been told by the sick fucks experimenting on him Shut up do as you're told we know what's best for you yeah it's so that... he's like every other person i've ever trusted who said they know what's best for me has ended up hurting me mm. i'm not gonna let anyone hurt me again yeah and then he lays into emma a bit as well which is like oh Harsh. Yeah. And then we get, which is a crazy reveal, Emma breaks down crying and yeah. she drinks. Which even confuses her, I feel. Yeah. Because she did it really quickly, really smoothly, whereas normally for her it's quite juddery because she's having yeah. to force herself to throw up. And yeah, she's really confused. She's just kind of looking around with all of her clothes being really bad going her like, 
It's like, how, yeah, she's now unlocked a new way to change size, which then makes me think, it's like, if crying makes her small, what makes her large? Well, it can't just be crying, because she will have cried before. Well, it's got to be an emotional thing. Yeah. Did he make her emotionally feel small, so now she's shrinking? Maybe. to make her big, you got to have, like, a hype person. (laughs) Just a hype mom behind with a mic following around. Yeah, just bigging up her ego until she grows, I don't know. Um... And that's uh, the last we actually saw of Emma in the episode. We didn't yes, see her again after that. We didn't. Uh, we saw. Oh no, we did. Well, we did. Uh, right at the end. Right well, at the very end. We saw. Then we see Sam struggling a bit, and Kate says, "Well, do you want me to make you feel better? Make like you feel yeah. nothing." To which I was so worried. I well, I, I thought she was going to make him feel nothing, and then he was just going to go, "Ah, oh, I don't care about any of this," and just fucking walk, just leave, just like disappear. That would have been very funny. If he was um, like, oh, I don't have any hate or anger. I feel literally nothing about anything. Like, uh, uh, do you know what I feel? Hungry. Yeah. See you later. And <laughs> just jump. people's heads off is quite tiring. <laughs> just jumped away. But uh, then we got the lockdown, yeah, like you say, which yeah. was very brief. You think, ah, yeah, was... lockdown's coming to effect. It's fine. It once again shows how much thought Vought puts into everything, though, because one of the big mm. parts of the lockdown was that high-pitched frequency all over the campus, which you just had everyone just like, apart from the humans who were like, yeah. hey, hey. Uh, um, but, but then what... you had one of the gentlemen from the woods use his shrinking yes. ability to destroy the PA system. Yeah, and then it's like, ah. We didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think that they have superpowers they could use to shut off the system. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, full, even more full chaos. Then, and that's when we get um, Andre rocks up. Yeah, um, stops the helicopter from crashing. Yeah, then him and Marie. And then Kate sets Maverick on Marie. Yeah, which I never even triggered twigged that he's Translucent's kid until they were talking about him in the uh, Who Should Join the Seven meeting. Yes, it hadn't really... I just thought it was another, like... What I will say, take take from it what you want. Mm. Every person so far yeah. who has had similar powers has been related. Yes. And this is something that... I mean, we get two examples of it in this episode with mm-hmm. um, Andre and Maverick. Yep. And the only other person that exists with power similar to Marie's is the head popper stateswoman, Newman. Um, are we going to find out they're actually related? I don't think so. I think pure it's just kind of pure luck. Maybe to throw you off a bit. I also, something to it, know. It's just such a recurring theme. Like, yeah. I'm curious. It's, it's an interesting one because you also got to remember like the only other time we've seen someone with the same powers as their parent was Homelander's son. But yeah. that son is an actual born soup. Yeah. But I as far as we're aware, that's like the one situation of that. Does that mean like Andre and Maverick? Don't... It wouldn't surprise me if they were just babies and their parents pumped them with V. Part of Vought being like, "Well, you've got to, you've got to keep the brand going. You've got to have yeah. this like pass it on sort of thing. It's good for the brand." 
So they, you know, they're going to have a really good chance of being a success here at Vault because they're a yeah. legacy. People love legacy characters. Yeah, it's all marketing. <laughs> um, and it, it's obviously something genetic based. Yeah, that is why they're getting some same powers. Um, it'll be interesting because uh, didn't Head Popper inject her daughter? Maybe, I believe so. Back in the boys. Which then could mean she has blood powers as well. You've watched the boys more recently than me. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure she did. Um, but we don't know what happened to that daughter. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. It was just something I thought was worth um mentioning because yeah. there is a habit of people with similar powers ending up being related. Mm. So we we shall see, I guess. Uh, um, I thought it was very cool that Harmony defeated Maverick. By. I was like, yes. she's obviously going to just sense where he is. Wasn't actually quite expecting to like ha- see the full the the visualization of it to mm. kind of give us an idea of what her powers are like for her. Yes, but also just Help so that we it. had a better idea of what was going on was really fucking cool. Can we also point out that both Maverick and his dad both got beaten because of their because of blood, yeah. but just spat blood on his dad so he could see him. Marie just saw his blood. <laughs> Biggest yeah, weakness. The parallels that the boys continues to create mm. are it's it, it's very enjoyable, and I enjoy when uh, shows create parallels. Now, what I will say is very very interesting. Okay. Um. So we after that we see Jordan get dogpiled by three. Yes. And like Soups. he's basically close to dying, so Marie yeah. might have to do something to help. And she gives one of the people a heart attack, essentially. Just, like, straight up stops her heart where she stands. Yeah. Does that mean that Newman has been choosing to blow people's heads up for the... Shock factor. Yeah. Yeah. Because every time she's blown someone's head up and created this massive mess, we now know she could have just, like we were saying, Mm. given them a brain aneurysm or stopped their heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's choosing well, it, to actively blow their fucking brains everywhere. It's That's st- psychotic. It, it, well, you got to remember though, when her she was first like appearing before we knew who was doing it. Yeah, it was causing confusion, and when it happened in the courtroom and all the heads were blown, like it, it was just causing like mad confusion. Whereas if people just started having heart attacks, it'd be like, yeah. I but yeah. you're not wrong. Like I also think that's partly as well, Marie not fully having a grasp on what she can control properly. She yeah. just sort of like sort of thought like was just trying to stop that person and giving her a heart attack is what happened. Yeah. Um and then one of the other people while trying to escape Marie starts running towards the helicopter where the uh, mm. board of directors are hiding. Nice and win. we get the scene that you have been calling for <laughs> yeah. since the second we started to understand Marie's powers. It's like, oh there's all these dead bodies around full ammunition to use blood at full strength and not worry about making herself lightheaded. And yeah, she just flurry of daggers. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. It was very cool. Um, at which point Jordan starts to get up. And I'll be honest, it made me a little bit uncomfortable because I get they like each other and I get they know they're working together and they're doing what they have to do. Hmm. But no matter how much I understand what someone has to do, I don't know if after seeing the person I like, I like and I want to kind of date, 
brutally murder a couple of people, I'm not sure I'd be like that happy and smiley. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't hold it against them because I understand she was saving my life and like doing what was probably right. But I'm not sure I'd be like that was dope. <laughs> yeah, but you've also got to remember Jordan's just craved like people like accepting them or wanting them. Right. So. In a way, that's Marie showing that she cares and want like, so, I don't know. So, but yeah, then you get Kate reaches for... Yeah, so when you see her, like, it goes to slow-mo and her start to reach out to Jordan, you're like, oh no, fuck, is Marie going to have to kill Jordan? Because yeah. that's my concern. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, we're going to have Jordan and Marie fight, and that's going to be... I was like, Marie's just like, Marie will kill him. I was like, this is going to be the line Marie crosses to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And then she's going to and become a Vought. Mm. But no, she blows off Kate's arm. That was fucking visceral, by the way. Like, I shit you not. So, um, I was running a bit late this week. Like I said, the week kind of flew by. Mm. So, I was watching generally in Invincible tonight while I was doing my notes. So mm-hmm. I'm sat here typing, watching it like, like this. And then I see her arm explode and I go, why oh, that? <laughs> like the most like the most YouTuber reaction I might have ever unironically done. I was like, oh shit. Couldn't believe it. Very, oh no, yeah. Was, and then they're like, Kate's realisation is just us screaming. And then Homelander appears. Yeah. I mean, I'm Homelander not surprised we finally got the cameo. I was really curious how shit was going to go down when he arrived. I knew he wasn't going to be there for long because they don't want to waste Homelander time on a spin-off. No. They just wanted to use it to set up season four of the boys. Mm-hmm. But the way he kind of looks at Marie with such disgust. Well, yeah. Like, how could you do this to your own kind? What kind of an animal are you? I was like, oh, shit. And he does the, the finger wag that he loves to do. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, uh-oh. Homelander's not going to be here to save the day. Yeah. It's that realisation of, ah, he's Vought's thing and they're going to want to cover this up. But it's not just that as well. He is also, while he is, he, he acts in his best interest. Yeah. And his best interest is Vought not going under right now. And mm. he needs all of the right wing, like, soups don't kill people. People kill people, bullshit. Because like all the conversation around soup control is literally like the gun control argument. Mm. So he needs like the idea of God fearing American soups are a good thing. It's all these foreign soups that are a problem. Well, yeah, it's also like he'll understand that however this spins, probably is going to bump them up to be on the seven, and he wants to control who's on that team, and he wants people that aren't potentially going to be willing to turn on each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, He wants people that are sort of all of the same mindset that soups are the best. Um, Um, So he blasts Marie. Yeah, we we see Zai start to light up as he's pointing at Marie, and then it just cuts to black. And I genuinely thought the show was just going to end there. I genuinely thought, as it cut to black, I was going to be like, endless season, see you in the boys. Yeah. And I, I would have I, I would have been like, the, uh, you know, the family guy gif of, I want it now! And Peter just destroying the front room. No, yeah, I, I was like, oh shit. That's... I was like, no way they've just killed them. Or just killed Marie like that. And then also, but then it's like, 
obviously then it cuts to the news feed the news feed that kate and sam saved the day uh, the new guardians of godolkin saving yeah. everyone from the four psychos um and then those four wake up in a cell on hospital beds and the only door is a hatch in the roof it's a very similar to cell to what Maeve was kept in. Yeah. So most likely is in the basement of Vought Tower. Almost certainly. Um, and we have no idea how they ended up there. I have a theory. Okay. Last time they blacked out and woke up, it was Kate. What if in Kate's pain and as Homelander, she just basically made them all go to sleep? like the dream Maybe. situation so then that way homelander didn't like full-on like just this way but then obviously all of them got taken away i see i don't know i think the way andre said it i think marie fully did just tank homelander's Maybe. hit um and then everyone else has gone fuck it i don't want that smoke because they all seem like mm. they know what's happened even though they haven't told marie yet true i think they've then kind of been taken up by vault security the seven whoever and they're kind of like, okay. Do you know what I bet happened goes. is that went down and they were like, okay. And then they all vote was like, right, we need to take you all in to like, this needs to be settled. And then basically they took them in on the precedent that like, we're figuring out what the fuck just happened. And then they actually just shut them in a cell and ran their own version of events because of what they wanted. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a, I'll be honest, in the chaos of that ending, I forgot this was the final episode. <laughs> and I was like, it obviously went to credits and we got like the post-credit little extra little snippet, but we'll yeah. get to. But like, I was like, I need the next episode. And I was like, wait, there is no more episodes? No, this, is <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fair. Um, but we get Butcher. Yeah, we get the... Butcher walks into some kind of underground cell, which I assume is the woods. Well, yeah, it, it was the woods abandoned. Yeah. And he just kind of goes, what a bunch of cats. Yeah. Cut to black. Which I, I think... also loved the um, use of music at the end of it. Mm. Like the way they were using the music and it cut and then it just cut straight back into the music after that post-credit scene was very, very well Yeah. Done. I think that answers the question that he definitely was on the phone of the CIA agent woman. Yeah. Um, And is obviously going to be investigating into things. I think the woods is kind of like, shut down because they're not going to risk doing it under the school now yeah they've realized that that was a bad idea i think obviously we know season four of the boys is going to lead straight on from this yeah it takes place about a month after the end of gen v we've been told oh i thought it was like a few days no it was rumored to be it was rumored to only be a couple of days but apparently it's a few oh okay okay so we know things are going to continue. Obviously, we know Gen V is getting another se- season. I reckon Gen V season two, the school's back, rebranded, same school, not doing shit underneath it, but rebranded and Vought is now like fully to to try and be like, no, this is a reputable school still. We've fixed things. Vought themselves will say this is now run by us. And people are like, oh, great. And it'll be a lot more like getting people in control of and into the vault wheel of things yeah 
in, instead of hiding it as a university, they would turn it into like an academy for Vault. Yes. Um, to make it make a bit more sense, I think. Um, phenomenal series though. Oh might yeah. Be, might be one of the best superhero shows available. Yeah, I think Absolute, also like, like one of the stuff. one of the best spin-off shows from like a yeah, main I series. I can't think of many shows that have had such a such a well put together spin-off. Mm-hmm. We've also got to remember, as far as I know, again, I don't, I've not read the, the boys' comics. As far as I know, this is completely original. Okay, that's pretty cool. I, I as far as I know, like there there was no like Gen V comic or anything. Yeah. There might have been references to a Godolkin University in the comics. Yeah. But I don't think there was any other major stories about it. So I think all of these characters and this story is completely original from mm. the creators as a direct spin-off of their adaptation of the boys. So um it really shows that they've got some good fresh ideas for this universe that can yeah. definitely work in the long run. Oh yeah. Very much excited to see where the boys goes and where Gen V season two goes. One hundred percent. And as if that wasn't enough excitement for us this week. Yeah. Loki's penultimate episode, episode five. Again, at the end of last week, we ended with so many questions. Temporal loom go boom. What now? What's going to happen? Yeah, is is the has the universe been reset? Mm -hmm. Is everyone just dead? What? What happened? Yeah, we were we were trying to figure out what happens next, like the who came first, um, Victor Timely or Ob. Like, who started the TVA? How is it, like, what does this now mean that Victor Timely's gone? Um, and we jump straight back in. Moments after that, like, flash of the explosion. And uh, Loki's on his own. And yes. the loom, back in a state of not exploding. Yes. So, I think this kind of foreshadowed what ended up happening at the end of the episode yes so, um obviously spoilers but we don't even bother saying that most of the time now but we're gonna jump around a bit in this episode to try and make it make sense yeah. time travel and it, it makes stuff messy yeah but so we come back and the timeline seems stable and but the people are missing seems back to like beginning of the season sort of thing where the loom is overloading but yeah like struggling so, but not exploding what if the temporal loom the way it's designed we know when it was close to exploding before mm-hmm. they just pruned a bunch of timelines and that gave it a bit more bandwidth again to not blow up yeah yeah what if by blowing up it like pruned this stuff in a more aggressive way and in a more natural way of unraveling the timeline and that's why we get the effect we get in um sylvie's world and that's why all of the variants who control the tva are gone because their universes they come from the material of it's just been dissolved into everything and they come from that material so my theory on where like why it kind of bumped back but no one's there. It's like when Loki, like the he's walking around. There's the code, or it's like 
code one one two or whatever it's saying over the tannoy. Yeah. Um blaring constantly. Clearly it's like in reboot in progress or so it's 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 saying this thing of like reset essentially. Yeah. I think what we actually witnessed was when it exploded and obviously all that temporal aura or whatever. When that happens, the TVA has like a like their version of a blue screen. It sends anyone there immediately is jumped back to like like they're wiped from the TVA in the back in their timelines. It kind of jumps way back and it's oh, like yeah. shut down. TVA has to like disintegrate, reset, ready for a new one. It's like it's fail safe. And Loki being there on his own is because he's kind of like a very weird anomaly. Even from being a variant, he's just like, we've we've talked a lot about like, Loki's this weird like third part to this whole TVA thing. Yeah. And I think him being there on his own is because of that. And then it's like, we get, while he's in there, we get the first like weird time loop happens where... Yeah he sees himself then disappears and then he we get the replay and then he is the person pick once picking up the tva handbook and he hears himself himself that we've just seen and it's like wait what the fuck is going on here then everything starts disintegrating i think that's literally the loom explodes like you were saying was going to happen it restarts the loop the tva's failsafe is just like it deletes itself essentially and means it's there ready to be rebuilt like the the place wherever the tva is like okay now a new tva can be built where this was and we start again and i do think loki is part of that loop yes um it's interesting because his time slipping's come back Mm. and he's just jumping between these random places the funniest of which is obviously alcatraz yes so Jenna wasn't aware of this story, and I don't know how many of our viewers will be, but basically Alcatraz, which is now just a tourist destination, yep. was the perfect prison. Yep. It was known as The Rock because it was built on a rock in the middle of the San Francisco Bay. Mm-hmm. The waters around there are so choppy and dangerous that no one could get there without a proper decent boat designed for this, at which point the watchtowers would be able to see what was going on, which meant no one could escape. Yeah, it was it meant was to be perfect unsca- unescapable. Exactly. Um, and I forget the year, even though it said it in the show. But basically, like three, men, or something? three men managed to tunnel their way out of their cell mm-hmm. and get to the edge of the Alcatraz Rock, mm-hmm. where they had built a handmade kind of boat thing. Raft, inflatable boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. which they were going to row out um, and escape on. Mm-hmm. Now... All of the records show that they got to their dinghy. Yes. But no one knows what happened after that. Yeah, they never found bodies. They never found them. They never found any remains. Presumed to be dead. Yes. So because of the way the bay works, if they did drown there, A, if they sunk to the bottom because they've got stuck on something, you're never going to find their bodies. Yeah. Um, but also because of the undercurrents in there, mm-hmm. if they sunk, they could have just been swept out to sea. Yeah, and then at which point back then you had no means to them. to do search and rescue yeah. for that. But there is always the idea that because they there escaped. are no bodies, 
they didn't die, they escaped and they went on to live a life having never been caught. Yep. It is very funny because the second greatest ever criminal mystery alongside that is D.B. Cooper. Yep. Which we found out in season one was Loki. Yep. On a dare from Thor and Heimdall. Yep. So finding out Casey was one of the uh, Alcatraz 3 was really, really funny. Basically alluded Casey to be Frank Morris, I think is the name of the guy. Yeah. That... And yeah, they, they were very clever with the details. They had the paper mache head in the bed. They had dug out, obviously, the vents. And like the, the way that they did escape, they sh- pretty much showed it exactly as clearly alluding to the fact that like this is the three people that um escaped then yeah, i think that the slight thing where they've had creative with it is when obviously loki appears on the beach and then casey's character is just like wait is this and they're like is this the boat guy you're in the wrong place giving off this theory that they they're, I think the theory some people have is that they used the dinghy to get to one of the other islands and then got on a boat yeah. there and disappeared Yeah, and it's like playing into this fact that people don't know what happened Yeah, um, but Loki obviously learns Casey don't know who he is and then time slips away after a bit of a conversation yeah they all look away and then he slips again and ends up in New York 2012. Yes. I'm really surprised, bearing in mind the dates they gave, mm. that we didn't get a reference to the Battle but, of New York. Now, my guess is if this is a hospital in New York 2012, with no reference to the battle, it's got to be set before. Yes, but then why is it New York 2012? Do you know what I mean? It's because it's a significant known place and time that everyone immediately is going to go, wait, New York 2012. Also funny to be like, that's what Loki caused that. And he pulled one of the, he, a different Loki then pulls someone from there. And it's like, yeah, she's like, a, a B12. No. Yeah. B12. Yeah, it's B12. It's a she's, a doctor, seemingly just kid with a broken arm. Um, she, I've read something like her name is something in like a reference to something in the comics. I forget the name now, but her name on the timeline is reference to a character that Thor interacted with, who swallowed like swallowed some ring when they were a child and. I forget what it was, but I think the idea is it's a reference to that because obviously Loki and stuff, but it's not actually her because she doesn't have powers. But she was in the comics, that character was the only person that could kind of put Loki in his place. And I mean, B12 pretty much puts Loki in his place throughout these two seasons. Okay. I'll be able to find after Verity Verity Willis is the yes. name on the timeline. Um and she is a character who seems to be like pro Loki and give Loki a chance. Yeah, which is I think just like because of this it, the what this series is. They're trying to just play so, um, reference to that. She has like this ability to see through disguises by the looks of it. 
so she encountered Loki in disguise and she was able to see straight through his disguise. So the idea is she can see Loki as his true self. Which is um, sort of what B12 has done. Yeah, which it's it's a cool reference to make. Yeah. Um then we find out that I think once we saw where this kind of stuff was going, oh yeah, no everyone one knew. was surprised to see that Mobius was a jet ski scale a jet ski salesman. Yes. Salesman. It, it was just like and that's 2022. Yes. That's post-snap. Yes. And he's a single dad. Yes. And we don't really find out where his wife went. I think we can all assume where his wife went. <laughs> but does that mean we are going to get, hopefully, a very nice scene when he returns Mobius to the sacred timeline of seeing Mobius's wife has returned post-blip? It depends, because if he puts him back right where he left then no um the other um interesting bit which i thought was very very sweet mm. despite having his memory wiped god knows how many times mm. his love of spending time with his wife on jet skis was yep. so ingrained that he still sought out jet skis this this is the thing right it's like Although they've all had their memories wiped, like you say, the jet ski thing is still just there. It's like a deep ingrained thing. If you remember season one, Casey had a drawer full of just knickknacks and infinity well, yeah, stones. Yeah, loads, loads of infinity stones, yeah. As if he'd just like yunked them. And sh like he said they were just paperweights, but that's definitely kind of like a bit of his thievery uh, maybe still lingering there. And then B12 was always like, could see better in people and was always trying to help any everyone yeah. like a doctor would so you just can't avoid some of these feel like the, 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 the innateness of a person yeah they're canon events <laughs> yes <laughs> um and then we find out ob was a a fucking physicist who was desperate to be an author well yeah we we think he's just an author and he's writing sci-fi books and doing like the funniest thing of like, ah, oh, I I can pay cash if it's not on there. And then the owner of the books is like, we've told you we don't sell your books. Stop putting them on our shelves. Did you um? Did you notice anything interesting about his warehouse? Yes, I did. It's the exact same. It's his well. It's his workshop. Yeah. Now, it's not an accident. No, it's not. So there's two there's two things to like obviously like you say he's a PhD physicist because Loki's like oh you're an author this is useless and he goes well I had to pay the bills so I got a PhD <laughs> like but then yeah his warehouse is the exact same and with everything we're gonna get like obviously with Loki and all that happens in this episode and this idea that I'm leaning to of Loki is kind of the key to the TBA being built I genuinely think Loki. He then gives the guidebook to A.D. Doug, as he is in this, not yeah. O.B. And then, like, in 19 months, he'd made a temp pad. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, essentially, A.D. Doug builds the TVA. And it starts with his workshop, so it looks yeah. identical. Or, like, somehow Loki just takes the workshop to where the loot, well, like the timeline, like into I, this. I think it's the extension of um, the jet skis and the seeing the best in people yeah. and stuff like that. I think when he was building his workshop, 
without even realizing it, he was building this place that is clearly a very big part of who he was on the sacred timeline. Don't get me wrong, you might be right that actually that ends up being where the TVA was built from. Yeah, it's just like, that's... Like, maybe it's like Loki... That timeline world all starts, like, peeling away and Loki somehow just bubbles the work... That that warehouse. And then... It's just... It it leans into, like, obviously, OB, like... I think clearly built out the TVA for like who's what started it because everything yeah. it's analog like the computers he's using in that time like it's his time period encapsulated and it's like then maybe he hands it on to Victor Timely and then that's how things develop but yeah the lab being identical was a such a smart little detail I think we need to discuss the parallels between this episode and episode one. Yeah. Because what we have is we have Loki slipping through time completely uncontrollably, panicking, and he's trying to find Mobius and Casey and Obi and have conversations and relay information and get them all in the right place so that at the end of the episode they can execute the big reset of his time slipping. That was episode one. And what we've got this time is he's trying to, while being thrown about through time, relay information to Casey and OB and B12 and Mobius so that he can get his time slipping under control and try and fix the TVA. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only difference is this time, instead of stopping his time slipping, OB is like, just control it forehead (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like well if you if it's uncontrollable that means it should be controllable yeah essentially this is this is kind of i think obi's kind of entire arc in this episode i think is very important for anyone who wants to enjoy comic book movies comic books comic book Mm. projects in general it's that suspension of disbelief he's like yes i'm a scientist first and foremost Mm -hmm. so i know what's impossible is impossible blah, blah 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 But what you're describing is impossible and you're doing it. Yeah. Therefore, it's more fiction than science. So why are we trying to use science to work it out? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the approach you take this stuff. It's like, okay, cool. This person has superpowers. Why are we trying to sit here and go, oh, if he's running that fast, his clothes should just burn off. Yeah. It's like this kind of idea. And I think it's actually a really good mindset to take into this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, AD's um, mindset of like, well, what you're describing is impossible in science, but you've just done it. So that means it's possible, just not by science. So this is fiction. And it's like a hint at, like, it's sci-fi. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I really enjoyed that, but it, what it, does, it, it leaves OB again, like he was in the first episode, in this situation where he's like, oh, no, but you can't do that. So yeah. we're going to do it. And it's that what we found really endearing and funny in that first episode, like time slipping inside the TVA is not possible. Well, yeah, it's, but it is. <laughs> it shows like that from episode one. That's always been his mindset. Like, wait, he's like, that's not possible, but he has just done it. But it's not possible. But he's like still in that mindset of like, well, still leans to like what is actually possible or not, and then realize, but still there, knowing things do happen. Yeah. And it also shows that the innate goodness of these people is innate to them because despite the craziness of this situation, they all do instantly like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll help mm. you. We don't really know 
what you're talking about and your crazy van who keeps disappearing and reappearing but yeah, yeah. fuck it let's go <laughs> um the record shop oh no we haven't got there yet the visuals though because obviously he goes yeah. looking for sylvie he goes looking for sylvie and sylvie says that she was she remembers being there after the explosion well she Everyone was gone so she just left yeah so she has um he who does he who remains is like special tempad which i think is very key to everything because mm -hmm. her kicking using that to kick loki through at the end of season one is what started all his time slipping and she seems also again she's a loki variant she wasn't affected by the tva reset like there's some weird like exclusion to the rule that the lokis have um but yeah she's just like yeah i came back to my timeline no, I'm not going to help you. Like, I'm back here. Everyone's yeah, gone back to their lives. The TVA's gone. Everyone's living their yeah. life. Everyone's back to their lives. Like, what are you trying to save? And he's like, and basically gets down to it. Like, Loki wants his friends back. He just doesn't want to be on his own. And so he goes back and he's like, ah, oh, can't save things. But then Sylvie goes off to the record shop. Seems like everything's fine, but we've already seen her uh, McDonald's eviscerate <laughs> yeah uh, and that was the thing at first that was kind of like because that was the first time we kind of seen that happen so obviously everyone mm. kind of assumed oh loki like grabbed it as a joke or whatever and then it never got spoken about and no one really thought about it and then you start to see other stuff disappear and then you're like oh no the timelines are literally crumbling yeah uh all the like all the branch timelines and everything and it's yeah. that record shop it, the choice it so well the choice of music and Sylvie's just vibing with her headphones, feeling, and then it's like, person comes into the store, instantly gets like, yeah, dusted. You hear the bell ring, but they never come in. So then he looks at the door and he's like, wait, there's no one there. And then he looks down, and his cup, his cup's gone that he was pouring coffee into, and then everything around him starts to like, and he obviously like screams Sylvie and tries to, and then just gets, and she looks up, and then it's like everything around her is just slow-mo just collapsing the record yeah. spinning and starts like unraveling like the visuals of it stunning the the visuals of a entire timeline like like the threads crappy, all yeah. coming and apart the threads coming, so beautiful it was a really really good um artistic and like choice to go for watching sylvie kind of like realize accept that this is all collapsing what I had hoped I was now had my peace. And it's like watching like what she tried to get then all just fall apart and it hasn't worked. Yeah. To accepting, okay, and then just Tempad steps out and it, like realizes, right, we've got to go fix this and I guess. To where Loki um, was already giving up and then suddenly Sylvia's yeah. here. Uh, but she arrives a bit too late because the Tempad mm. has already eviscerated and disappeared. Well, yeah, Casey had looked at it and was going to take it, and then he claims I didn't take it, and we obviously all then presume, oh shit, it's dis is dusted. Mm -hmm. Um, and then ev like each of the characters start doing it, and everything starts collapsing here, and Loki's like, ah oh, shit, we're too late. Yeah, and he like tenses up and goes nuts, and it rewinds a little bit, and then he's mm -hmm. like, wait, what the fuck? He's like, I can fix it. Rewinds a bit more, rewinds a bit more, rewinds a bit more. And then he's back there in the room with everyone. And he's like, you guys can't fix this. I have to. 
Yeah, and he's like, he, I, he realizes he's con I can control it. To which Ob's like, oh shit, you figured out how to control it. And then boom, we're back to Victor Timely's just gone down the stairs. There at the top of it, meltdown. I think. So this is where we're now onto what happens next week. Yes. And In how does about this? Six hours. Yeah. And how does this end? We know All from what I we've know. heard. Go on. Yeah, go on. Oh. We know from what we've heard online, it is a significant like thing happens that ex like that is gonna change kind of MCU going forward. I am still I still am leaning towards TVA's fully gone. Um or well I'm too I, I was still leaning to that after last week, but like maybe now it's back to oh loki rewinds too far because he obviously isn't at a point where he can save it we know that point where victor time goes down if if anyone went out through that door it's over it's too late so he's gonna have to go back further i wonder if he messes up and goes too far back to when there's like Bad Kangs. <laughs> and then... Goes back to get some info. Yeah, or like goes back and... F or like uh, goes back to save the TVA, but fucks something up. And... Oh, oh, I'm on the spot thinking here. He probably goes back, stops Victor Timely going to do the thing so he didn't get eviscerated. But then that essentially sets up there is now a Kang in charge of the TVA again. And this time it might not be a good one. And that's why it changes things going forward because now we've got a Kang in charge of a fresh TVA. Maybe it's it's a really interesting one, and I still don't think the Marvels and Loki now coming out on the same day is an accident. No, like Marvel have fifty two weeks in a year, and bearing in mind they know there's a shortage of content coming up because of the strikes and the riot strikes and stuff. Yes. You would be forgiven for going, well, why don't they just push back the Marvels three weeks, two weeks, and just give themselves a bit more of a buffer? Mm -hmm. I think there is a reason they're doing it. We know, based on what we've heard recently, that apparently the Marvels has had a big change to how the story ends, mm -hmm. which makes a big difference. Apparently, Loki is changing the way the MCU is going forward. Mm -hmm. We could be in for a big one. Oh, I've just had a thought of how it changes things going forward. Through this series, or this season, we've got used to now seeing at the bottom, location, date, sacred timeline, branch timeline. What if the change is the loom gets repaired so it can handle more threads? which essentially means we have branch timelines allowed now and some of the events or some of these films might be branched timelines. Like what if things going forward now is they use branch timelines and then we start getting this weird, like we're getting something that happened on a branch timeline. So then we start not knowing what's going on on a sacred timeline. 
Yeah, no, it's very possible, especially when you consider now that we know he can skirt back further in time. Mm. Why would he stop now? Because you've got to remember before when they tried to fix the time slipping, mm-hmm. um, the radiation was fine out there. Yes. If they, if if Loki grabs the information he needs on how to make a throughput multiplier, slips back to episode one when it was still safe out there. Goes mm-hmm. out, launched a throughput multiplier. The problem solved before it's a problem. Yes, but oh well, yeah, because they can do that before the blast doors close. Then they don't have yeah. the issue of needing need a victor time. timely. Yeah. I do think he isn't going to stop where we saw him finish. Bearing in mind the entire season's been about flying backwards and forwards through time, mm-hmm. and all of last episode was setting up going back in time. It would make sense for them to go to episode one to fix it because of all the just the shit housery of it. And then once they fix it, they can go even further back in time to, like you say, he's now at the beginning of the TVA and he's trying to maybe he becomes like one of the first TVA agents to try and from the inside direct it towards what it needs to be to protect themselves from Kang. Or theory. He goes back to save things, and then he's like, okay, I fixed it. I can go back to what he knows as present day, because he's like, yeah, I, can go, I can go back to present day and continue on now. And he goes back to what would have been the time of, like, Victor Tamley trying to save things, because that's the last, like, known point he has. And he goes back, and Victor Timely's still been brought in, but the TVA wasn't in meltdown, and he's come in and just, t- and like, suddenly he's like, oh shit, I've oh, just allowed a Kang, like, there's just some, like, Kang in charge now, and he's like, ah, oh, shit. Because they've, like, already fixed the, the, the timeline, Ravona's around to go and get Kang to do what she wants him to do, and they, mm-hmm. don't, and they don't even go looking for him. Because you've got to remember, they saved him from Ravona. Yeah. So if yeah, you're right. That would create a, a like change it could, in yeah. the events. Yeah, no, so, you're absolutely so right. So maybe maybe that's what the change is. Like Loki unknowingly sets up he who remains, essentially, or like a variant. You say, I'll see you I'll see you again real soon. Yeah. In season one. You're not wrong. I, I can see it. It'll be very interesting to see how it unravels. That is mm. for sure. Um, Invincible! Yes, we are, we got Invincible season two episode we, one. Yeah, we're back. We are so back. So much times like these. <laughs> Um, Now, I called that most of the stuff we saw in that trailer was going to happen in episode one. You did. I called that they were trying to bait us with maybe a bit of an evil mark yes character arc and in fact it was one of the multiversal marks where he agreed with his dad yep i promise i haven't read ahead in the comics i'm just smart <laughs> um and i think it was just it was it was so good to be back mm. so good to be back it felt it felt just that seeing that start of Invincible and um, Immortus fighting. Yes. And um, you, you think, hang on a second, because they, they were so smart with it because we know at the end 
immortal or whoever got repaired yeah and who's gonna come back and it's yeah. like suddenly we see him and mark fighting and you think fucking hell immortals back out of being in thing and he thinks mark's evil yeah he's like i don't trust omni man's son i'm gonna go deal with this yeah and we think oh shit he's now like he doesn't trust mark and we're like you obviously we're like well but mark's a good guy then hey it's mark he's a good guy <laughs> and then we, then it's like mark's like ah oh, i've taken harder punches than this and then he sort of like reveal like comes to light that oh shit no he teamed with his dad the way his dad comes in with a fucking chop on the arm. Well, yeah, it's like Mark starts like throwing in kicks and punches and like more moves, and then Immortal just grabs him by the throat, and you think, ah, oh, shit, and then boom, arm gone. <laughs> and and then yeah. obviously we get the head chop again. How yeah. how are you gonna fall flat trick twice? Uh, well, he might not have fallen really, for it in that planet yet. I really enjoyed the caving his skull in. <laughs> yeah, and just going. Immortal Try- your way out of that. Yeah, <laughs> immortal your way out of that, and then we get the uh, the city that's like derelict. We, we we get the first of many phenomenal title card baits. Yes. So obviously in season one, I don't think we like basically ever hear anyone say no, the word invincible. They don't. Every time someone goes to say it, it cuts to the title yeah. card, and they bait it like four or five times. Oh, so many times. And I'm like, um, okay, this this time, and I'm like, okay, they're just not going to do it anymore. That's their new thing. They're just not going to do it. Um, and he's like, and in case you've forgotten, you can't stop me because I'm, and they do the pause as well. Yeah. I'm invincible. Yeah. Uh, and then it, the video loop just starts again. Um, and we we're following a man throughout the city, who we later find out is I forget his name already, uh, Avery Langston. Yeah. Um, that's correct who goes down into some kind of little rebellion group. Yeah. And then Mark and his dad crash the party and just well, start causing chaos. Also to note, the rebellion group has an Atom Eve. Yeah. And with a, a shaved robot. head and a robot. Um, And I think very, obviously at this point, we know this is a different universe. Yeah. But to then have like Atom Eve's there, but she's got a shaven head and like a like jacket on looking a bit more rugged yeah you got robot who's not looking quite the same yeah he's not he's in this universe he clearly hasn't managed to create his new body so he's no. got his little alien goop thing but his alien little goop thing's got his own little body walks around like yeah. robot legs and then yeah mark and that crash the party they eviscerate oh, oh, omni-man destroys the robot yeah in in a really brutal way as well, because clearly that fluid is what keeps him alive. Yeah. And he just fucking leaves it to drain, which I assume essentially is just letting him suffocate. Yeah. Which is just brutal. And, and then, then get... I think the most unhinged thing I could have even... Um, bearing in mind like how likable Mark is, mm-hmm. to see the exact same voice actor and the exact same character design, goading Eve and being so just horrific and like pure evil and just like i i can't kill you i would never kill you just fucking paralyzes her well yeah it's like he they're fighting and obviously he catches up to me and like it looks like he's just snapped a neck and you're like well shit and then his dad goes i know that was hard and he's like 
Oh, it's fine. She's not dead. I've just paralyzed her. I'll visit her. I've got people who can look after her. And it's like, that's so evil to do that to someone. And that like, is, and then just... That is a whole other level of and insanity. Like, keep them alive and t- so you can visit them and still be friends, even though they probably hate what you have become now. And then his yeah. dad's like, oh, I wondered what you were practicing on those people. And it's like... Yeah, on the protesters. <laughs> how many, how many times did Mark practice it and just snap the neck and kill him? Like, unhinged. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we see the multiverse well, they, they go they go to start killing the the civilians yes. who are part of the um rebellion rebellion um and he's like sadly we're gonna have to kill all of you um but remember you did this to yourselves because you rebelled and then yeah. as they go to kill the guy he drops down through the portal and mark goes the hell was that and omni man just doesn't give a fuck he's like Ah, who cares? There's still more to kill. Come on, yeah. I'm I'm late for lunch. I'm hungry. Well, we know like Omni Man went through portals into other planets and doesn't really get like it's no like it doesn't to him as a Viltrumite who's gone to like he's like oh whatever. One person it's running one away. One human. What's the problem? Yeah, we'll deal with it later. Little does he know. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's then when we get to cut back to our universe. Yes. And we get to see Mark as we remember him. Yep. Very, he kind of just, he clearly feels bad. He's clearly very upset. And he's just flying around, kind of secretly. doing like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man kind yes. of thing. Like secretly, like, like helping people in such a way that he's so quick. They're like, what just happened? And he's already gone. Yeah. And then we get a bit more of an insight into his psyche when we see like actual villains doing something mm-hmm. and he starts to get angry. He gets a little bit of a flashback to what happened in Chicago. Mm. And he's like, no, I'll let the professionals handle that. I'm, I'm the problem. I caused all them people to die. So I shouldn't get involved in that. I should just do little things to help. Yes. Um, then, I mean, most of the episode is centered around this kind of idea of Mark doesn't really he hasn't coped. He doesn't know yeah. how to cope, which he, is fair. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know. Like, he's feels guilt for the damage and the people that got killed. He also is like somewhat fearful that, like, he knows his dad just flew away, and it's like, what if he comes back? Probably also knowing I'm not in a position to even stop him if he comes back. Yeah, I'm lucky he didn't kill me the last time. Yeah. Um. And then also just like dealing with the fact that he's expected to get on with his life. Yeah. Um, like nothing's happened. <laughs> it is interesting though how he kind of realizes pretty quickly that he needs to get back out there and helping people. Mm. To the point where he's like begging Cecil, he's like, just give me a job. Yeah, I just I need there. to get back out there and prove to myself that I am not my dad. To which he's and like, it's interesting. I time. thought Cecil was going to be more of an antagonist. Whereas Cecil actually came across it in a very caring way towards Mark. Where he was like, Mark, I do actually trust you. But you don't trust yourself right now. And I can't risk that going wrong in the field. I think Whereas it... I thought he was going to be more like, no, your dad pulled the wool over all of our eyes. And he's a massive prick. I'm not trusting you. See, yeah, I think I was expecting him to be maybe a bit more brutal and like well now we know what you and your dad are like 
there's levels you're going to have to get through before like that trust is there again. But I do, I think it's a mix of, he does actually care because he sees that for, probably from the fact that Omni-Man tricked him, he understands like he also tricked Mark. Like he, he is feeling the same thing about this, but like what's gone down in a way. But also a little, there is some untrust there in the sense of, He's just witnessed what happens if a Viltramite goes rogue, essentially. And he's like, you know what? No, I'm not playing along. Mark could do that. Yeah, he absolutely could. And I think there's that slight level of, like, not necessarily untrust that Mark would, but, like, untrust if Mark can control himself enough. And or I have, think like, that's a where mental break. Comes from. I don't think he's like, I think Mark would do it. Because I think mm. Tesla is smart enough to go, if him and his dad were the same, the he two of them would have just decimated yeah, the world. He would have joined him straight away. Um, but if he's not stable, mm. we don't need that going wrong at the wrong time. Yeah, or like um, him. Like we've seen in many superhero things like where someone's so emotional they don't know when to stop, sort of thing. Yes, exactly. That issue. Um, and then we see the new Guardians of the Globe being shit at their job and really struggling. Yeah. We see Robot now in his new body and actually in the action, really like struggling emotionally with it. He's not thinking clearly. He's making poor decisions. He's getting scared. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Monster Girl said, before for you, it was like a video game. Now you're actually here. You'll get mm-hmm. used to it. Um, And it's there's, there's definitely some very interesting storylines being set up. Yes, there is. Um, The episode obviously ends with mark getting accepted into college with yes. his girlfriend um after he returns from a battle with the mauler twins yeah so he ends up like there's a bit of a so obviously multiverse guy goes and gets the mauler twins out yes something to note i know i picked up on with his portals and they obviously also mentioned it like you can obviously not portal in the same universe oh yeah they set they set his character's rules up very quickly um you have to you can only do the position of the portal has to mirror exactly um which is like why he found a world with a huge crater so he could go down to the bottom and actually put a portal where it needs to be got the twins out has this idea to like i will just gather all the brains of me and shove them in my head. Yeah, and, and it's a philanthropic endeavor because his plan is all these people have the knowledge of their worlds. Mm-hmm. I get all that knowledge. I know what world has the cure for cancer, what mm-hmm. world worked out the best form of democracy and the best form of currency and the best form of making sure everyone can eat. And I get the best bits from every world yep. and I create a utopia. And then once we've created that utopia, we spread it to mm-hmm. every other world. Yes. Does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> it's what the Viltrumites are doing. Yeah. Yep. Granted in a very different way. And and it's like a polar opposite way. He's doing it through gathering knowledge and being a pacifist. Whereas the oh. Viltrumites do it by the strong survive. We'll yes. make sure only the strongest of us survive. And yep. then that will create a utopia and we will force that utopia on everyone else. But they yeah. are the exact same idea. It's two sides of the same coin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought it was very funny, though, because it's like, obviously, he's setting up this idea, like, I want to gather people 
like I or like I can go round and I can collect all this information. And the twins are like, oh, that's that's cool. So and then he just opens. He's like, look, and he opens the door and there's just many of him already. And you're like, many men. <laughs> oh shit, he's already like gathered several versions of himself. Uh, and yeah, their plan is they build him the once again. The twins are building someone else a machine. I really enjoy the more the twins' reaction to this information, though. They're like, "Why don't you just talk to them?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you just ask them questions? Why? Why, why are you doing sh- this in such an unnecessary and complicated way? Yeah. Why are you putting your own life at risk? Just um, learn. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the more the twins as an antagonist because they're a good like secondary antagonist because they are physically dangerous, but they're also very intelligent. I love the yeah. constant jokes of when one of them's a bit ditzy, the other one's just like, and that's why you're the clone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's obviously then all that's going on. And we learn through that that actually Mark being good is a rare occurrence. Yes. Um, and this is one of the rare universes where he didn't team up with Omni-Man. Thinking, oh, that makes it less likely shit will go wrong here. We can do it here. Um Obviously, then, building a giant machine like that draws attention. <laughs> Mark is asked, all right, here's your chance. Well, yeah, Tag Mark turns in. up and he's like, I will do whatever you want. I won't even think for myself. You tell me what I need to do. I just need to help. I need to feel useful. Mm-hmm. And Cecil doesn't want to, but then the situation gets worse and the Guardians haven't responded yet. So he's like, fuck it, you're up, kid. <laughs> yeah, you're up. Go in there and deal with this. And then he's like, okay, loads of people, Muller twins, Muller twins have been bad. These people must be trapped here against their will. Yes. Fight Muller twins. And like uh, the, the the main time hopper, uh, face hopper, universe mm. hopper, um, it's kind of like, no, Invincible, wait, listen, they're, they're helping me. This is, this is going to be good, promise, just sit still. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously wants to prove himself and do like Cecil's called on him she's got to do but then we get like a bunch of Muller twins <laughs> in different situations like half robot some look mutated there was yeah. a female one yeah um and they all just start fighting him like yeah. he's severely outnumbered wailing on him yes um the the interesting thing is though he's still trying to hold on to this pacifist ideal, Mister Multiverse Man. Yes, he is, and that's where the problem actually comes from, because Invincible is very good at setting up their rules. So mm-hmm. they say, well, before this becomes a problem, once you start, you can't stop. That's yes. what makes it dangerous. You sit yep. there; it'll be uncomfortable. You'll probably be fine as long as you don't try and stop it. Yep. And because all of your memories are going to be so similar just focus on your memory so you know which ones are actually yours yep cool um but then what happens of course he brings in all these mauler twins they want to kill the hero because they are villains yeah he doesn't want to see a hero die because he still thinks he's a pacifist yeah and he makes the fatal mistake of taking off the helmet yep midway at through point, the... yeah things at go which boom. point everything go boom um and mark is again in that situation where he's just watched everyone fucking die around him and he was helpless to do anything to stop it yes and then feels like he's just caused all those innocent people to him get killed when in fact they were maybe a little bit bad to be doing that 
Yeah. Well, he um, viewed the people on the machine as innocent because he was like, oh, they're probably trapped here. Yeah. And Not Cecil was of that... the opinion yeah. that everyone there has done this on themselves. This is a win today. It might not feel yeah. like it, but this isn't a bad result. You've done okay. Um, we also get baited once again with the Invincible at this point. Yes, we do. Because Rex is like, holy shit, maybe he actually is Invincible. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> like the really third enjoyed. time. And this, yeah. I think this was the point where I'm like, oh, they're just going to do the opposite this season, where yeah. they just never title card it. <laughs> it was one of them things in the first season that people were really enjoying it. As like, It's quite a unique thing to do. Yeah. So the baiting every time in episode one was genius. It'll be interesting um, to see if it goes back to normal. Yeah, I imagine it will. Um, so then we we've we've cracked on. He's gone back home, beaten up face. He chats with his mum about life. He finds out he's going mm. to university. He goes to take the rubbish out mm. again, parallel to episode one when he found out about his powers. Yes. At his job, he was taking rubbish out and accidentally threw it into space. Yeah. Um, and he once again, while taking the rubbish out, gets a massive bit of information. Amortus does not trust him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to keep a very close eye on you. Yeah. Which, again, is a parallel to the parallel universe. Yeah, and something that we just, we missed mentioning, like, yeah, Mortis got brought in with a couple of other heroes to take over yes. the, the Guardians, of the, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Bulletproof, who I have heard apparently is a very exciting character, even though I don't okay. know that much about them. And Mortis have been brought in to uh, fix the Guardians of the Globe. Yes. Um... um but yeah, and then we get the reveal at the end. One of the Mortis twins survived. Half One of the twins did survive, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely obliterated half his body. We but, find out Multiverse Man survived as well. And his but, brain is kind of everywhere. Mass- yeah, massive. Um, and... But because he couldn't focus on his memories, he's got like big brain confusion. Yeah, and he's focused on must destroy Mark. Yeah, because, because so many of his memories are now Mark killing everyone he knows. Yes. Um, and that's when we finally get the title card. Yes, it is, right at the end. <laughs> I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to destroy, and that cuts to Invincible. <laughs> and it's interesting. So, mm. in season one, every title card had a bit more of a blood splatter on it. Yes. Yeah? Which ended up foreshadowing Mark getting the ever-loving shit beat out of him by his father. Yep. Now... Okay. This one started with it going from the blood splat style into mm-hmm. a red and black one with a crack in it, which showed a bit of blue. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe that is teasing Mark's alternate color suit. I told you about. Oh. Yeah. So I know you. I know. Yeah. I. You know. I've told you about comic book Twitter always enjoying the debates like yeah. this version of this character versus this version of this character. Mm-hmm. I think that might be foreshadowing that suit. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. One more thing I will say. After this episode, mm. the things Mark is struggling with and the start of the episode being a parallel universe, we are getting that Spider-Man crossover. 100%. I wouldn't surprise me. Like what I said to you of Mark's going to need an interaction with Spider-Man to like realise what it takes to be a hero mm. and like get over his issues. Mm-hmm. They've set it up perfectly in the first episode. The notion that it all gets a little bit worse and Mark feels more like he's drowning underwater and then while fighting the multiverse man who's clearly angry at him, he gets stranded in the Marvel Universe and Spider-Man's just like, with great power comes great responsibility and Mark's like, well, that's dumb. Of course that it does. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here for it. Do you it's know what? Happen. Obviously, like, 
I've just thought of something else. Now we know it's multiverse stuff and there's like different versions. Obviously, the Spider-Man thing would be very cool. What if something we've now seen is a little, little trend is Lego versions <laughs> in multiverse Lego things. Lego Invincible. Imagine we get like a thing that ends up in a Lego world for like what, like just a brief moment. I'd be down. I would. I would. Just um, to kind of play into the whole multiverse always has a Lego version. <laughs> Um, and of course, we didn't get any answers towards the question of where's Omni Man gone. So it'll no. be interesting to see how that goes. No Omni Man. Nothing on Adam Dalian. No. Um, nothing on. And, and also, we don't know like where this is now going with Multiverse Guy. Yep. Like he's, he... he's dipped into another mo- into another universe, as we know, based on the rules that were established about his powers. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's determined to destroy Invincible. Yeah. So is he going to go from universe to universe attacking Invincible? And after he gets a bit of experience defeating Invincibles, he's going to arrive back in our universe? Maybe. Or is it like he's going to go to universes to try and beat him, learn something, has to dip out, but like each time he's learning actually how to defeat yeah. him. And then it's our mark that he chooses to try and beat. Because Omni-Man's not there, and he's like, wait, that's the one time that I'd be able to beat him, is there's no Omni-Man interfering? Possibly. It's, it's going to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Um, and I cannot wait, wait for the rest of the series. I really uh, don't want it to end. It's going to be good. It is going to be good. Um, should we get into some nerdy news? Yes. We've, got a... <laughs> We've still got some stuff to discuss. We've still got a lot to discuss. This is a hefty, a hefty week. It is. We got an Echo trailer. We did. Less than 24 hours after we recorded and that Variety article that basically said MCU, MCU on... is in shambles. Yeah, it's collapsing. We got one of the most hyped Marvel trailers I've seen in a while. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It Like, we messaged each other and it's like, up and down. I I saw yeah. a meme and it was just like, Marvel's at a peak. Marvel's done for. Oh, oh, Marvel's definitely done for this time. And it's like, oh no, we're back again. Yeah. yeah. I sent you that trailer. I was like, are we already back? Yeah. <laughs> are we back like we never actually left? Um, we won't talk about the trailer too too much. But what I will say is, the um the the main t- t- takeaway from the trailer for me mm-hmm. is the scene of a young Maya getting harassed by someone for being deaf mm-hmm. and Kingpin wailing on him mm-hmm. was awesome. And I also never thought I would see a Marvel trailer where someone gets shot point blank in the head. Yeah. The, the under wild. the chin, just like, I mean, it's going to be the, isn't this the first Disney R rated show? Like the the first one on Disney Plus that's going to be R rated. First original Disney yes. Plus. Um, I believe so. So it's like it's definitely the first Marvel R rated project. Yeah. I don't know if they've had any other Disney Plus shows that have been R rated. I don't know like about dope sick uh, stuff well, like yeah. that. But for Marvel um, at least. So for Marvel, I mean, they're showing they're not going to pull back the punches in any way. Like from that trailer. You know what this I, does tell me. Go on. They realise that Moon Knight would have been better received if they didn't pull their punches, and now they're like, "Fuck it, we're in shambles." I we yeah, that try it. that is the one sad thing. Seeing that trailer, 
does make you realize like moon knight would have been so good if we'd got like just full unleashed r-rated madness but one thing i do actually really like what they did with the trailer there is a flash of daredevil in red suit this is the echo trailer they don't have this like big like in the trailer like showing off daredevil and trying to make it like daredevil like the issue i think we had a little bit with she hulk is daredevil became too much of the focus and everyone's like, oh my god, Daredevil's back. She-Hulk's just like making it a weird, like they're not trying to lean on Daredevil. They're making sure like that this is the this is Echo's show. Kingpin and Echo are characters tied to Daredevil, so mm-hmm. it makes sense for Daredevil to be here, but this show is all that Echo story. Yeah. And like we've been told that this story isn't a hero story. Echo is a villain in this story. Mm-hmm. She's out to get Kingpin. Um, and it'll be very interesting. Yes. Very interesting to see how this goes. And, and it is also going to be the first Marvel project under the new Marvel banner, Marvel mm, Spotlight. Yes. Now, there are some goods with this, and I, I think we have some serious concerns that I'm not seeing anyone talk about with this. Okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, Marvel Spotlight has been described as the street-level stories in the MCU Mm-hmm. that might not necessarily have a big impact on the overall MCU continuity and story. Yes. Now, at its centre, that sounds phenomenal. Mm. It does. There is a big problem that I think people are too excited by the concept of it that they're missing. Okay. And what's going to happen is this is being billed as a, you don't have to watch it. That's what they're billing it as. Mm-hmm. This is a this is the extra stuff for you guys who always want more. And mm-hmm. if you just like going to the cinema to watch the films, don't worry about Marvel Spotlight. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Problem is, they're starting off with Kingpin, Daredevil, and Echo. Yeah. If we, if we want a Daredevil film, or Daredevil to co-star in a film alongside a Spider-Man against Kingpin, which is what a lot of people want. A lot of people want Spider-Man 4 to be a Spider-Man and Daredevil team-up film against Kingpin, mm-hmm. whatever happens in this story is going to affect the way the characters behave. And you're going to have people going, why are they behaving like that? We don't know. And then you're going to have people like me and you going, well, watch Echo and you'll understand. And they're going to go, but Echo was Marvel Spotlight. We were told we don't need to watch that. Yeah. I do think, because I, I also did think that. It's like, they're saying you don't. this is stuff that you don't need to worry about watching for the main story. And I'm like, but for stars to know who Echo is, like if you if if someone hasn't watched anything, they're gonna be like, so why does Echo hate Kingpin right now? Because that all happened in Hawkeye. Like her, because Kingpin and didn't it? She showed up a a mess. Yeah, she shot Kingpin. Yeah, so like. In that theory, it's like, but then you don't get that context because you won't have watched anything else. And then also, Daredevil, Kingpin, like you say, if you want Spider-Man to get involved, or it's like if those characters... There is a weird... When they're billing it as like a a street-level stories, in reality, in reality, Spider-Man films should exist under Marvel Spotlight then. Because the good Spider-Man film should be street-level. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens if 
say you take say Echo, yeah, this mm. show, just because we don't know what else is going to be on the Marvel spotlight. We say Echo ends up being a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it's so good that like us super nerds refer it to our friends who are more casual and they watch it and they love it. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, we've got to cash in on Echo. We need to do an Echo film. Well, they're then screwed, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, I, I somehow think... try a character under Marvel Spotlight and that character ends up going nuclear in popularity and they're like, oh, well, we need to do a big budget film on this character. And then everyone's like, oh, I, d- I, I don't watch Marvel Spotlight. I just watch the main films now because I've been told that's all I need to watch. And they're like, well, who's this fucker? I wouldn't be surprised if the branding gets dropped eventually. I'm, ju- I'm just really... I, I, like, I like the concept. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting all over it. No, there has some... some concerns. I think... I feel like you could accidentally put a character in a box of you can only ever be a TV character. Yeah. Unless Marvel Spotlight is also going to be for some films. And, like, the only MCU mainstream films are going to be stuff like... To do with Kang and all that. Avengers. Yeah. And team-up films. I think but then again you're going to still run into that error issue potentially yeah I think the problem they've got is they've started this off with a character that's already kind of like tied into so many different things yeah. if this had been Moon Knight I'd have been like okay this is a character that is not even tied to anyone else yet fresh story yeah you don't need to know anything before Moon Knight you could have watched yeah. this and that's under Marvel Spotlight and whether they choose to then use him in a bigger film or not is like fine echo is a bit of a weird one because she's already been tied in with hawkeye daredevil which then ties her into she hulk because all these characters are all linking up we know we want spider-man and daredevil and it's just like it's a bit of a weird one to start with that's kind of could get very messy well this is the problem you get like so like when you're reading a comic for instance Mm. you you pick up amazing spider-man's latest issue yeah or miles Morales' latest issue Blade is in it. It's fucking awesome. So you're there, you're flicking through, and you're like, oh, cool, that's Blade. You might know who Blade is. Mm-hmm. And Blade is currently on a mission yep. that you ask Spider-Man to help him with. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. And it goes, and Blade starts talking about what his mission is. And it's like, for more information, read this issue. And mm-hmm. it's the, the Blade issue that's being referenced, yeah? yeah? That's led into this interaction with Spider-Man. Yep. They can't do that with films. Yeah? You pay your £10 for a cinema ticket and your £10 for your popcorn and drink and you sat there and you sit down to watch the new Daredevil Spider-Man take on Kingpin film. And then Echo pops into screen and you get a scratch record freeze frame and it's like, for context on this, watch Echo on Disney+. Plus. Do you know what would be funny? It's like Echo comes in and it's like, previously on echo and then it cuts back and it just like flicks through oh you've got this cracking freeze frame of your camera by the way i don't know if you can hear me but i'm guessing technical issues oh he's back i can hear you now <laughs> i, I like, heard the best thing is if echo comes in and says oh and it's like previously on echo yeah. and it does like the usual recap it does of at the start of the episode and then it goes back to the film yeah, it'd be there stupid. are some things that work in comics that don't work in film. Just mm. like in comics, no one ever stays dead apart from Uncle Ben and Batman's parents. Yeah. 
um, and stuff like that, that isn't the same. Like the idea that we were talking about last week of bringing back the Avengers, we know that ruins all of the emotional power of Endgame. So don't mm-hmm. do it. But in comics, you accept that person will come back eventually. Yeah. Um. So I think they're they're like okay, the comics are successful because they're comics. We need to do what they do, and they're not thinking about how that stuff translates. Yeah, I I think the concept is fine. I think it's a good idea to try and separate and help the casual fans understand what to watch and what not to watch. I just think they chose the wrong thing to start it with. Hundred percent. And I, I'm curious to see how they continue it on yeah see where it gets used yeah yes um next up this might be the second piece of good news about blade ever the first piece being maharshal ali was cast as blade (laughs) um so i I was gonna say a week ago this film was close to being a write-off fully yeah um, the current director, we're hoping he manages to see it out. Yan Demange has confirmed that Blade will be R-rated. Mm-hmm. I have a lot more confidence in a statement like this when we know Echo is R-rated. Mm-hmm. And the Deadpool. first thing they said about Deadpool 3 was we're not going to fuck with the Deadpool films. It will still be R-rated. Mm-hmm. Now, Deadpool, I could see because that's been proven to make money at an R rating. Disney would be like, yeah, we'll leave that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That didn't necessarily mean they were going to greenlight their own R-rated projects, yeah. especially once Moon Knight wasn't as brutal as it should have been. Yeah. Echo clearly being R-rated and a promise of Blade being R-rated. Mm-hmm. Blade is the kind of thing that could definitely exist under Marvel Spotlight. Yeah. Um, And I think that'll be our first answer as to whether movies Films. will mm. be under Marvel Spotlight. Um, but definitely very interesting it and hopefully also Blade can save itself. Fills me with confidence because Jan Demange is also oh the writer for the Blade film is the same one that worked on Logan. Yes. So which like, was the R rated superhero film. Yeah. So it's like it's in good hands for right like they know what they're going to do and they know like when a character or like a film should be R rated. And then I think even Michelle Ali has come out and said, this being R-rated is going to allow us to do like a more gruesome side of Blade that I think he deserves to show. And it's like, okay, he seems very much more on board again after he was almost walking out. Uh, this could be positive. Yeah, 100%. And if it, if it turns out a great film, I'll be f- blown away, honestly, after yeah, what it's come through. I, 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 I have a lot of love for Be- Blade as a character um, and I would really, really, really like to see um, it get the love it deserves mm. um, and be what it can be. Right, now, this news is a piece of news I've been waiting to be able to say for 118 days. <laughs> yeah. SAG-AFTRA have finally been offered and accepted a fair deal thus ending the SAG-AFTRA strikes and allowing productions to restart. We won, ladies and gentlemen. We did. Well, it only took the fourth um, this is our f- final offer. And even then, there was a little bit more negotiations. Well, it basically, it eventually got like explained that the reason 
it's taken so long is the studios have actually had no gripe with any it's not really been the other things in the contract the one thing they've kept trying to hold on to is this want to be able to freely scan and use people with ai oh, right and like, yeah and it's just like hoping that they'd wear them down enough that they would maybe give in to that but sag after is like you yeah, know we're gonna call you bluff yeah. and they've kept the holding on to the point where they finally gave in and what I will say is, um, to give SAG after their credit to show that they do care about everyone, like in that industry, mm. is the last point that was being fought over was already deceased actors who they had scans for. Mm. They were like, We've already got their scans and they're dead now. We can't get their consent now, so we should be able to use them as we want. And they're like, only if their estate consents. Yes. And if their estate gets paid under the rules you've negotiated for living actors. Yes. They're like, you are not going to start using dead actors whose likenesses you've got without getting uh, permission from their estate and without paying their estate what you'd have to pay them. Not a chance. Mm -hmm. um, and do you know what I kind of hope? I hope some of the estates of certain Star Wars actors and actresses that are no longer with us say no. Yeah, 100%. And we move away from digital doubles. Yeah. Get real actors in jobs again, please. Mm. But yeah, um, across the board, so, great for everyone. And because productions can now restart, productions are ex expected to start. Like These are projects that are seen as priority projects to get restarted for studios. Mm -hmm. Deadpool 3, mm -hmm. Venom 3, mm -hmm. voice work for Spider-Man Beyond the Spoiderverse. Beyond yep. the Spoiderverse. Spoiderverse. Um, and I've read actually since writing this as well that apparently the Penguin series is a is priority okay? for HBO. I can imagine it is. So us nerds are in a good spot for the projects we care about are getting ran to the top of the production schedule. And I, is, um, I do like believe that like they finally gave in on trying to hold on to these points like AI and stuff that the studios were trying to hold on to because they were now it got to a point we talked a couple of weeks ago that the boards of like netflix were putting pressure on the like it was starting to get pressure from more places than just sag -Aftra. like other like people involved on the studio sides like boards and stuff were putting the pressure on and i think that was the final push that it needed they they were starting to hurt people's bottom lines enough that they were like, just give them what they want. It can't hurt this much. Yeah. And the three-year minimum deal is worth mm. about a billion dollars to the actors' union. Which I... Like, the actors. I'm not sure if that's actually ended up being more than what was originally wanted. So, what I, what I will say is I know for a fact the base pay, which they wanted, like, a 4% pay rise on, a guaranteed to go up 3% for the next three years, they ended up getting more than that. Okay. Because I think what was happening was, and this is pure speculation, I think what probably happened was they were offering over the odds there to try and keep the AI to try thing. and reduce the AI stuff, mm -hmm. and then they gave them a bit of that back, but they were still above what they were asking for, and then got the AI stuff anyway. Yeah, I I imagine like the studios were trying to sweeten the deal in all the other places. Then they were like, oh, okay. Let's take a little bit off that. And then at the end, they've gone, right, we'll get rid of the AI thing. And so after it's gone, okay, we'll take that deal. You left all the other stuff in as well. 
Jobs are good. And, I mean, it's great. It's great for everyone. Um, We love to see it. We do. More good news about nerd mm. stuff. Now that Horry's fully locked into the boys' universe with me, the first posters for the boys' season four have started coming out. I have. Um, so the poster is Homelander at some kind of a party celebration thing with like his arms out, looking all victorious and glorious. And before it's and him becoming president. Yeah, and then you have Butcher clearly at the party after all of the confetti's on the floor, looking at the ground as if he's investigating something. Mm. It's a cold as fuck poster. Both of them oh, are at. Both of them They're are really gr- cool. yeah. Um, Showing the and, two sides of what is going to be the boys. Yeah. And Eric Kripke, the um, showrunner, headrunner, mm. very important person to the boys' production, <laughs> has confirmed that season four of the boys has finished editing. Mm-hmm. It is halfway through VFX. Sound and music is about a quarter of the way done. And now that the strikes are over, the actors can return to do, to record additional dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know the boys used much of the recording additional additional dialogue, which goes back to what we were talking about. When it's done well, you don't notice it. And when it's mm. done poorly, it is so noticeable. I imagine there's some situations where, like, visible man, and like when there's VFX involved in, and they might have to like use a digital double and then obviously re-record to time it up properly. There's probably situations like that, and yeah, we've never noticed. So obviously, do a good job. What I will say, as much as I despise Amazon as a mega corporation, um, they're not. They are. They're they're, they're doing a good job of letting creative people be creative on their video streaming platform. Um, talking of a video streaming platform and horrific mega corporations, last week we said that Disney were buying out. Yeah, they were preparing share of Hulu. For like nine billion, um, that has now been confirmed that Disney Plus and Hulu will be merging into one app, and this is expected to take place in March 2024. So no doubt they're going to find a way to increase the subscription price of Disney Plus by a pretty substantial amount. Because they're like, look at all this Hulu stuff you don't want that you're now getting. Um, yeah. So, be ready for that. Now this news isn't the kind of news that would normally make it into a nerd news network. It's not, but... However, this is generational news. <laughs> to put to put this news in perspective, mm. Tori was a young man the last time. I, I have was. been with Jenna for nine years. Ten years in like six months' time. Seven mm-hmm. months' time. Somewhere around that. We're in the process of buying a house together. A home. <laughs> and the last time this happened, I didn't even know she existed. Wild. We have finally been told that GTA 6 is coming. It's we're expecting a trailer to drop at the beginning of December. It's wild because it's like I saw GTA 6 once again trending on Twitter and I was like, ah, what's the rumor this time? I I just took it as that, oh, it's another one of these six monthly it's getting released soon tweets that never turns into And I, I like I and then I look on my timeline and I see someone who quote tweeted Rockstar. And I was like, wait, go on it. And they like, it was like an hour ago. And they're just like, oh, this is the 25th anniversary or something of Rockstar Games or whatever. Oh, it was more, oh, more I don't know. but No, 25th anniversary. Yeah. And then it's like a thread. And then it goes, oh, 
there is going to be a trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto early December. And it's like, oh shit, the official account's weird. It's happening. It's finally here. <laughs> Everyone stay calm. It's happening. I was the living embodiment of the Michael Scott gift from the office. It's like, everyone stay calm. <laughs> Everyone's like, it's happening. December, it's coming. It's coming. It's here. It's finally here. It's not a drill. It's not a drill anymore. <laughs> so, what I am going to ask you. When do you think it'll be released? Based on... So, I have a couple of thoughts about this. So, based on the gaming industry as a whole, mm. normally we get a trailer and then have to wait like 18 months to two years. Mm. I don't think Rockstar are dumb enough to do that. Purely no. because people have already waited so long and they were waiting semi-patiently. Mm -hmm. Once you show a trailer, people are going to bombard them constantly with more, for more updates. Whereas when they were like acting like it wasn't really happening, yeah, people left them alone. Yeah. Which makes me more confident that we could be looking at six months to a year. Yes. I'm thinking like September next year to come in and steal everyone's money away from COD and FIFA. So my initial thought is GTA is the sort of game that they would either release with a new gen console, but I don't think we've heard anything about a new gen coming yet. I mean, they've just done the mid-gen refresh for yeah, PlayStation 5. Yeah, so... Or, it's holiday. And with the trailer coming out in December, that's... I, if they were like, oh yeah, it's out next week, that would um, be a... No, imagine the trailer goes live, and then it, and then at the end of the trailer, it just goes, available to buy now. Yeah, that would be wild. But I don't just see them doing zero, that. Just zero marketing. They're just like, we know, we believe in our source. <laughs> they, they could probably do that and it would work. They could get away with it. 100%. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's holiday 2024 with the idea of Christmas, holiday sales, everyone like that period. As a general rule with games that want to make loads of money around the holidays, they'll release it end of September, beginning of October. Because idiots like me and you will buy it straight away because we're not missing out on this. Mm. And then they can get even more money for it then before it goes into the Christmas season where parents will buy it for their kids. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like October because there's like pretty much every country has like a couple of weeks in October, whether it's Thanksgiving or October half term in the UK. Like there's that period where they know kids have time off. Mm -hmm. Good time. And then like you say, a couple months later it's Christmas. Parents will buy it for the kids that are younger or have to do chores. Like, yeah. I am so unbelievably beyond ready. Question. Mm -hmm. GTA 5 did not release on PC straight away. Do you think... I have all the consoles. I don't give a fuck. No, I know. I'm playing it day one. <laughs> I, I waited a year to play GTA 5 uh, and got it on PC. I remember staying up playing it through the night and all nighter and going to work the next day do you think they are dumb enough to not launch on pc i don't think so i don't either but <laughs> also do you think this will be a complete game or with the current trend of how games release do you think it's going to be a broken mess they've had at least 11 years, potentially 12 or 13 by the time the game actually comes out. 
if it is not a full game, I will have lost all faith in game development. Rockstar are the only people I trust anymore to release a full game. <laughs> yeah, they've but this this is a company I didn't even know existed. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but no, so like, that, like, that's like, what I mean. Like I triple A dev, they're the only people I trust. Anymore. I I have to. I agree. If, if Rockstar doesn't launch this, perfect. Gaming's dumb. We're in dark days of gaming. Hundred percent. Because like they have not released anything since 2018 with Red Dead Redemption. If they succumb to the current trend of release a sort of broken game, we'll patch it with DLC and patches like in the next month. Like if they succumb to that standard, it's such it's such so, a sad time. Do, do you know what the problem is? There is a trend on Twitter right now of deliberately trying to bug out and break games. Mm. When GTA Five launched, it did have bugs. Don't get me wrong; well, yeah. it wasn't bad. But as every AAA game of that size does, there will be bugs. And the problem you'll have is you'll have these clout chasers on Twitter going out of their way to make these big, horrible bugs that no normal person would accidentally do. Mm. And then it will get posted with 100 million impressions going, GTA 6 broken mess, blah, 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 blah. And it can create this narrative that the game is a broken mess when actually... Are you ready for my hot take? No. Yeah? Yep. Spider-Man 2 had more game-breaking bugs at launch than Starfield. I haven't played either, so I can't really... I have over 100 hours in Starfield now. I've experienced one game-breaking bug that within 30 seconds of Googling, I fixed very easily. Spider-Man 2, I had to reload saves a couple dozen times because an objective didn't update and I physically couldn't progress the mission. Question, though. Which felt more immersive of of a world with, like, actual stuff going on? Starfield. Really? 100%. What? Okay, Everything here's, here's, I saw, I saw Spider-Man's world seem more interesting. Uh, you didn't say more interesting, you said more immersive. Well, immersive and like full and actually like okay. alive. Spider-Man 2 is a cinema game. You yeah. spend as much time watching really beautifully put together choreographed cutscenes as you do playing the game. Starfield is just you. Spider-Man mm-hmm. is not the game I lose eight hours playing. Starfield is. Because I'm sucked in. I'm doing my thing. I don't... No one's accidentally jump-scaring me while I'm sat here playing Spider-Man. Because I'm not that locked in. Playing Starfield, okay. I got jump-scared like seven times because I was so locked in I forgot the real world existed. Fair. Um, oh, yeah. And this is the problem. I think there are going to be haters or people who want clout who are going to go out of their way to cause a bug and then act like it's a huge bug that's really prevalent and a huge problem. I think... And they're going to tell people how to do the bug and then people are going to be like, oh, I want to see if I can do it. And they're going to be like, oh my God, what a mess. It's like my brother in Christ. You flew a a specific jet to a specific corner of the map and did a specific trip using Mm. a specific gun to get this glitch to happen. 
I think the big thing will be if they have the things we've come accustomed to in GTA 5, they need to have it launched, like the ability to do private matches and custom lobbies. And there needs, to, I, I hope, because knowing that they've talked to the NoPixel and RP community, hopefully there's like those people are going to hit the ground. System. Hopefully they're kind of got them on NDAs and they're pre, like setting them up early, like in, so they can launch with it. I'll be honest, I actually hope they do what they did with GTA 5 and go, although they announced it before they even launch, and they're like, online is ready. We are not releasing it for a month because we want everyone to play the full game first. Yeah. Because that, that was their reason why GTA 5 Online wasn't there on launch. They were like, we want everyone well, to play the actual game first. And then they delayed online because it wasn't actually ready as well. I, I want them to be like, you've all got 30 days to play the game and get yeah. started as you can, yeah. and then online can come. Oh yeah, if they, if they say it is, this is the day it's coming out and it does, like, yeah. cool. I just, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Everything needs to be see. ready to go at launch. Yeah. But me and you are also more patient people who are like, yes, I want it, release it when it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, content championship. Yes. Netflix's Punisher show mm. versus Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm. We we just like making our lives painful, don't we? This this round has been more of my personal hell than yours. Oh yeah. The next round is your personal hell. Like round three. Oh, sorry, I'm really, I'm, have... I'm sick next week. I'm going to sub Luke in. No, it's not even next week. It's oh. the next entire round of the bracket. Uh, um... <laughs> the the quarterfinal. Of the it was a good run, boys and girls. Um, <laughs> Josh um, is the anyway. new co-host. <laughs> As always, we have mm -hmm. six categories. We've got personal relevance, how well has it aged, rewatchability, story, acting and cinematography slash general visual appeal yes these will help us decide what's the better piece of content content in our unmistakable opinion is because we are perfect the only important opinions yes 100 percent. um starting off with personal relevance and the punisher i have written Netflix TV shows were goated at a time when we had little to no other superhero TV shows that weren't just the bog standard villain of the week model. Mm -hmm. They revolutionized the genre. They moved us away from the uh, 24 episodes. Every other episode has a little bit of main story. Um, and they moved us to the style that we get now on Disney Plus and everywhere that does this kind of content. It's like, this is the story. It's going to take us eight episodes to tell this story. Each episode will have a B story that adds a little bit of filler. And it also um, brought the... It was at the time when the MCU was just sort of getting going and we were getting used to crossover heroes. And it's like, we got that mixed with the new Netflix style of superhero show. It was already new and exciting. Yeah, it was It was like best of both. Meanwhile, CW is like struggling. <laughs> Um, but on the flip side, Captain America Winter Soldier, we, I make no mistake of it, it is my favourite MCU movie. You've made that very clear. 
Yeah, it, it is it's the creme de la creme. One of the top it's ones. so good, yeah. It, it came out at the perfect time when no one was even close to even considering superhero fatigue. Mm. Um, but it wasn't mega popular so that it was impossible to get a ticket on opening night, but the yeah. cinema was full and it was exciting. And I was young enough where there was less scary things in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah, superheroes, <laughs> let's go. It's pure nostalgia baiting, I'm sure. But every time I rewatch it, it still holds up. Yeah, I mean, it again, it was at that ramp up of the MCU when things. Yes. It's it both, was, it was both when of them these. Bigger, bigger sets started to get pulled together. Yeah, and it's like. It's one of those to look back on and you're like, okay, this is when the MCU is ramping up. And it's just, it, both were such great time periods. 100%. Um, how well has it aged? Both have aged phenomenally. Phenomenally is literally one of the words I have written down here. Um, John Berthnell is the Punisher. Yeah. He's one of them people, the second they announced that like the Netflix stuff wasn't going to be happening anymore, and hopefully they'll bring them characters into the MCU, everyone was like, you keep Charlie Cox, you keep John Berthnell. Yeah. They were so good, keep them. Um, but what I, the word I've written down here might be a little bit of an overstatement, but still, for Winter Soldier, I've literally written perfectly. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> and I don't mean that in the way of like when you compare two different pieces of art, like yeah. impressionist versus um, realism. Mm-hmm. Two can be masterpieces while looking nothing apart. Well, yeah, as yeah. far as comic book movies go, it is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so, so good. It tells its story. It was starting to understand that there was a lot of superhero films coming out, so it needed to differentiate slightly. So we yep. got more of an espionage feel to it. Mm-hmm. It was so, so good. Yeah, it's... I mean, that has, I feel over time, as like we've got more of the MCU became the same, same style, everything felt like we lost a bit of that individualism we were getting from for a period, has helped it age. And then, like, yeah, like you say, Punisher, we, we all look back on that Netflix era of Daredevil and Punisher. We kind of forget about the other ones a little bit, but like those two have stuck out so strongly that to this day we want them back. Just screams for how good it is. Rewatchability. Poor. I could happily rewatch both. I think Winter Soldier is inherently easier to rewatch. Hundred percent. Than a a whole series, yeah. And not Um, necessarily needing to watch much of the MCU. Some of it, but you wouldn't. You you definitely if you you can't sit down and watch Winter Soldier for the first time ever without watching anything no. else. But this is about rewatchability. As as people like us who've seen a lot of the MCU, you definitely don't need to watch anything to feel like you've got all the context. The context for this film is built in a little bit everywhere. Mm. So as long as you generally understand and remember the MCU's timeline, you'll be fine. You might have a couple of bits where you're like, oh yeah, that happened. But that other than that, you'll be fine. Well, and it's it's early enough that the there hadn't been a whole lot before it yeah so like it's not like you're trying to remember everything up to end game for context at the time it felt like there was a lot before it yeah in in the context of post what we now know (laughs) yeah um whereas for punisher while i would rewatch it 
rewatchability is one of these ones that is very internal to just us. Mm. I don't have time to rewatch eight hours of a TV show that I've seen. No, and I also feel I like mean, to fully enjoy Punisher, you also kind of need to watch Daredevil at the same time. Hundred percent. Um, and you've got to remember, like we're talking about rewatchability here. This week alone, as well as spending time with our partners and our family mm. and doing our job, we had to find three hours out of our relaxation time mm. to watch episodes of a show. Yeah, we enjoy the shows. I'm not moaning about having to watch the shows, but it's but, not like a, if you miss an episode, oh, we just binge two episodes the next time you sit down to watch it. We need to watch it on a time crunch so that we're ready for the episode each week. Mm-hmm. Um in a world where that exists and we're not really slowing down, we've got a film that we have to watch this week and two episodes of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to rewatch eight hours of a show in my free time is a is is a pretty substantial commitment. When I could spend the eight hours instead watching something I haven't seen before, or that's been on my list forever, yeah, or that my girlfriend wants to watch. So, because you know, being in a relationship is mm-hmm. making decisions together about what you want to watch. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of time. There. It's, it's, it's a big commitment. Whereas if Jenna goes fancy watching a film. And I suggest Winter Soldier, and she's like, yeah, we can throw it on. I'm like, sweet. This yeah. is two and a half hours. It's not as intense because I know it. I could probably write a decent quality like script from memory for that film. It is by far the MCU film I've rewatched the most. And it's probably, as I've said before, right near the top of all my comic book movies in rewatching. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just it's easier yeah. to watch, rewatch film than a TV show most of the time. Oh yeah. I agree. Story. Punisher this story is such is, a tight one. Punisher story such is strong. One. Yeah, yeah. The especially because like the Punisher is just like in the comic, he's a badass. He just turns up, he kills bad guys. But they add a bit more into it. They build, they build the story of Frank's family into this. He was a mm. soldier. He was betrayed by his unit. His family got killed for it. Now he's out there trying to right them wrongs, and he's 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 mentally unstable and unwell. And mm-hmm. he like he does that. He understands he's doing bad, and he's going to go to hell for it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a fuck because they've done worse, and they have to be punished for it. It is so well put together and told. Yep. So so good, especially for a TV show as well. The the Netflix Marvel shows gave netflix so much credibility with me as their ability to tell good stories that they squandered on random crap yeah they've they earned so much goodwill that they, they just threw away on random shit. they started the, the early days of netflix was so strong and then it just got so diluted and, and now they're and now they're doing what all mainstream um studios do and they're making a show that everyone got bored of four years ago for the sixth season even though they promised season four was the last season yeah stranger things <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> you're part of the problem <laughs> yeah i'm okay with that. um and then on the flip side you've got Winter soldier, America, Winter soldier. <laughs> the return of hydra after we thought they'd been defeated in world yep. war Two. the betrayal of bucky yeah the fall of shield yep Pivotal points in the MCU. Like, if we actually deep the... I know we can't use the entire MCU story, but if we deep how much of a turning point this was, 
This brought Steve, Bucky back to Steve's attention. Mm -hmm. Steve went to find Bucky, found out that Bucky killed Tony's parents and didn't tell Tony. Mm -hmm. That directly led to the Avengers falling apart, mm -hmm. which led to Thanos winning in the battle for Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's... And, and, and it set us up for that yep. while still having a beautifully self-contained story. Because mm -hmm. like it's... you said, with very limited knowledge, yes. you can watch Captain America Winter yeah. Soldier. In it's... fact, someone who's not even seen any other Marvel movie can sit down, watch that film with you, and not ask an annoying amount of questions and know what's going on. Yeah. I, it's well contained enough, yet still weaves into the bigger story. It was that period where it linked the MCU as a whole, but still stood alone as its own like story and film, which we've lost a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Acting. I mean, John Byrne for all of it's his Punisher. <laughs> very, very good. Um, there's a, I can't think of all the other accents. I know Karen makes a lot of cameos in it. Um, yes. And it is. It's very good. Like we said, as, a lot of the time with well. these discussions, when we talk about how good the story is, mm. the story is always limited by the actors. Yes. So if we're sitting here going, this is a great story, unless it's adapted from a book that we know is a great book, mm. we're like, well, the, the actors, the we don't feel like the actors it. are dragging it down. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a superhero story. Yeah. If we, if we, if you're not sitting there going, it's just superheroes. The, act, real, the story's got to be good enough, and the acting's got to be. Realistically, as well, Punisher is a superhero origin story. For the most part, it's just very difficult to do it right. <laughs> yeah, it's just told in such a way that it doesn't feel like that, and then with the acting from like John Burnfall and then Charlie Cox showing up and different was phenomenal for a TV show. Winter Soldier. I mean, it's, it's, it, was, it was the MCU. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Sebastian Stan. Chris Evans. Scarlett Johansson. Mm. Anthony Mackie. Mm. Robert motherfucking Redford. Mm. And Stacked. none of them miss. I, they did great performances. All of them, although they have probably been typecast as like MCU big franchise actors now, mm. are legitimately very talented actors in their own right. Yes, they are. Like Samuel L. Jackson made his name in like Tarantino films. Yes. Sebastian Stan has done a lot of good things off the back of his MCU fame. Yes. Chris Evans has got such a wide array of like he's done like the silly like comedy films like yeah. not another teen film but he's also done like critically acclaimed films like knives out yeah uh scarlett johansson is like her and samuel l jackson mm -hmm. constantly overtake each other as the highest grossing actors of all time mm -hmm. anthony mackie he's not a gangster his real name's clarence um <laughs> and then robert redford is like an OG of the acting industry. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's, it's it's a stacked cast. Yeah, and they all did just as they good did a job great. as anyone in Punisher. Yeah. yeah. Which is the problem. Um, cinematography. Um, I do think Punisher's probably clear on this one. Yeah, um, I feel like the Netflix style of how they shot those shows 
stands out more than just yes when soldier was a different story but it's still shot as an mcu film it still had the mcu look the um the netflix shows are some of the only shows in like the streaming era where a lot of it is shot at dark and i can Mm. still see what the fuck's going on yes and as i i don't know if it's just i get older and my, my eyes aren't as good that I appreciate it more, or if it's just something that genuinely wasn't a problem growing up, and that feels like everyone wants that dark scene, and they just refuse to have any light within six miles, and you can't see what's happening. Um, I really appreciate the Punisher show's ability to have these dark lit scenes, and you can actually still see clearly what the fuck is happening. Mm. Um, and some of the choices of shots in the show yes. are phenomenal. Oh yeah, really, really good. But like I said, the MC- it's an MCU film. Cinematography is not why you turn up for the cinema to watch the MCU, especially in Phase Two. Yeah, in no, Infinity it had... War and Endgame, they tried some stuff because they were such important films mm. that it was pretty. Yeah, much uh, like we need phase... to get a shot that looks like this. Phase Two, they'd established the MCU look. They just kept it going. Yeah, exactly that. Right, time to tally up the points. Yes, it is. Personal relevance for me is, of course, Winter Soldier. For me, I would probably lean Punisher. Okay, Ty, how well it has aged? Winter Soldier. I, I would say Punisher. <laughs> we tied it again. Rewatchability, I think, is a unanimous Winter Soldier. Yes, I, could, I would say Winter Soldier. Story, I'm going to give to Punisher. Yeah, I would also give Punisher. So it's 1 1. Um, <laughs> acting. Goes to goes to Winter Soldier because the quality of acting I think is com- comparable, but there are more actors who all have to act at that level. Yeah, I would lean for me. I could lean Winter Soldier though. Okay, making it two one. Cinematography. Punisher. Punisher. So it's two, it two. is two all. Um, <sighs> I am going to use my veto to allow my favorite project to get through. Valid. I'm I'm not letting Winter Soldier lose out like this. I'll allow it. Not not when I see fucking Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban's made it through to the next round. Not having it. Not after <laughs> Wolverine Origins made it to the second round. <laughs> yeah, like it's not dying on the same battlefield as X Men Origins Wolverine. I refuse. To, uh, I refuse to live in a world. Where I will. The I will allow it. Because I have so many Star Wars ones that made it through. Star Wars has just dominated this entire thing. Speaking uh, of Star Wars, next oh week no. is Moon Knight versus the Phantom Menace. I mean, we can. We can it's just, not an easy one. It's not, but I mean, I've already got the answer for you. <laughs> See, at least I try and be um hey, and think about it when it matters. I allowed this week. Get George Lucas's cock out of your mouth. Make Only today, Felonies. <laughs> <laughs> no, you mean James Guns because he's going to yeah. be taking the crown soon. Um, but that is it from us this week. Next yeah. week we will also have a mega an episode. Cindy Moon character profile, the last of the Spider-Man Two character profiles. Okay. Um, we will have the Loki finale. Yes. We will have the Marvels. Review. Yes. We will have Invincible Episode 2. Yes. As well as more Nerd News Network. Mm-hmm. And 
like I said, Moonlight versus Phantom Menace. Make sure you've liked, make sure you subscribe so you find yourself back here next week. Yeah, where everything might have changed for the MCU. Mm. <laughs> Bye for now. We'll see you next week.